Yo, yo, all aboard, take a ride with me. My train of thought is on the move for any eyes to see. I stare the vocal booth down, then I size the beat. Show everybody in your town, nobody's live as me. It all started in 95. I was in second grade. I wrote my first rhyme. Yo, 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 you're listening to the Best Buds Podcast. Two years, we're finally back. It's your boy, Napster, hosting as usual with me, Buddy H2O. What's going on, guys? It's been a while. I missed you, buddies. Hell yeah. <laughs> And we got live chaos. What up? What up? Yeah, hey, uh, you, you know, if you didn't, uh, my time disparity has been off since COVID, so I actually didn't even know how long it's been since we had. A, <laughs> I know we started on Trump's inauguration, and I, it's been a year, so I actually had to do some quick math just now. But two years, huh? It's uh, it, it's been close to that. Actually, it was uh, March of 2018 was episode 54. Uh, so this is episode 55. Just for the record, for everyone listening, like. It's not like we haven't seen or talked to each other in two years. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Just, just Who the to fuck be are clear. You? <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, it's been a while since we've sat down and just done this, and uh, I've missed this. This was, you know, this this, this is long overdue. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this, guys. Yeah, no, 100. percent It was great. We always had great reviews and great listeners, and uh, I think we had a good thing going. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't remember Life what the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we all moved. That was one thing, and then there was the wedding. And then things got caught up after that, and then COVID happened, and it probably would have been the best time to really podcast, but, you know, getting adjusted to that. How have you guys been dealing with the uh, the whole pandemic? I've been all right. You know, I've been by myself, so I've been kind of in my bubble. Um, yeah, to be honest, like, I really only see my immediate family, yeah. and that was kind of, like, almost who I saw before. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, to, to be honest, I think... For me being in my bubble, like even with the pandemic and the the lockdown in Toronto, like with the restrictions of who you can visit, I'm on that exclusion list because I live alone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, all things considered, it's been pretty good. But uh, live, uh, how have you been, man? I haven't really talked to you. You know, you've been married, I guess, a year now, right? Just over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little over a year. And uh, it was a strange way to, 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 you know, start a marriage, (laughs) you know, going into the (laughs) pandemic. It it is funny because your wedding was kind of like the last major social event I, like, did, like the big blowout types thing before the pandemic. You had it right at the perfect time. That's the good thing I I try to think about. It's just like, man, because I think about, like, uh, you know, a lot of friends and family who had weddings coming up, too, and... Um, either they, you know, had to do something small and, and intimate or they just postponed it. And, you know, I'm pretty grateful that, you know, we were able to have a big, you know, bang out and, uh, have a good time before anything. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, marriage has, marriage has been smooth. It's, uh, it's been, it's been a good run so far. Um, you know, when COVID happened, like once you started working from home, it wasn't bad at all. Like I, I think I got pretty adjusted to it. It wasn't until the summertime. I think then I kind of felt the, uh, you know, need to go outside, and you know, luckily patios had opened up by that time, and I kind of just indulged in, in hanging outside for a while. But you know, now that it's winter again, and you know, there's really no need to go outside or, or do anything. I'm okay with quarantining again, you know, and locking it down. That's it never really yeah. bothered me. So um, yeah, to an extent, I, I feel that. But it it was nice, like in the summer. For a while, it felt like the pandemic wasn't around because I was seeing a lot of people. It was just outdoors, right? We were just yeah. hanging out at the yeah. park, on on the patio, uh, doing doing a hell of a lot of barbecues and bonfires. Yeah. And that was like dope as hell. And now it's starting to feel a little bit more real. Like, oh shit, I can't see my parents, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say that, like, my uh, my family has been able to cross the border, uh, and I don't know when they're going to be able to cross the border again, so, so yeah. uh, you know, that's one part of it. I do feel, sometimes I feel a little bit of a thing of guilt, like, because I haven't, uh, you know, when you don't see people for a while, but then you have to, like, remind yourself, like, no, that's the normal thing, like, you're not really supposed to visit anybody or see anybody anyways. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was good. Um, like we're, we've kind of reestablished the lines of communications digitally, like we're doing the podcast. Uh, last week, uh, we had like a cousin's night with all of our cousins playing yeah. Among Us. That was a lot of fun, um, which I think I think that's the key, like is trying to maintain those bonds as best as you can during yeah. a time of isolation, because we do have all this technology. Like, can you imagine doing this shit in the 90s? It would have uh, fucking sucked. Yeah, Man, just, not even the 90s. Like, even, like, like you know, like, 10 years ago, before, like, the internet really and, like, social media and, like, the streaming capabilities was, like, really there? Like, mm-hmm. you could send a message or an email, but, like, you couldn't, like, connect. And, like, online gaming, I think, really started around, what, mid-2000s? Yeah. So, yeah. like, prior to that, yeah, this would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, I would say online gaming and streaming TV and movies has, has helped a lot. But yeah, yeah, I re- yeah imagine with no Netflix. Like, <laughs> yeah. Blockbuster would be closed. What would we do, guys? <laughs> Man, that's it's wild true. to think about. Um, okay, before we get too much more into it, though, I, I should just kind of give a, give ourselves a little bit of structure here and get back into the groove of things. So as usual, we're the Best Buds podcast. Uh, we talk about politics, culture, music, movies, games, sports, what have you through the lens of marijuana and this week is no different um and so since we are doing this remotely uh for those of you who can't see us we're doing this on a skype call so we're all kind of smoking on our own with different strains so uh buddy why don't we start it up and tell uh tell us what you've been smoking uh so i've been kind of you know exploiting the ocs the ontario cannabis store um they're like just what's on sale for the week and their delivery service is pretty dope. I don't know if you guys have been using them or other dispensaries. Obviously, um, you know, procuring weed has become a little different now with COVID like anything else. But um, yeah, so I've just been using this. Well, also, I mentioned to you guys, I found my allergies. So I'm allergic to everything for everyone that doesn't know. But I found recently my allergies with weed, certain strains. Um, I get them a lot, like significantly more than others. I don't know if it's cross-contamination or how they're growing it or whatever. Um, So I found this one um, that I actually kind of like. It's this brand Bingo, and it's just like generic Indica. Um, And they actually started selling like a pre-ground version of it that's cheaper than like the budded flower. I've seen that. I've seen that on OCS. Yeah, it's like 350 a gram, so I've just been getting that. What? Um, Wait, is the THC content lower than the flower or what? No, it's 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 like 20% THC and about about, uh, 2%. CBD, if I'm not mistaken, my page isn't loading here on my iPad, but I have seen it's, I have it's seen pretty potent. Yeah, I have seen other dispensaries do the same thing. Where like it's basically the shape, the shape, the shape of a bag. Like for some reason, maybe yeah. they have uh, trouble selling it, or people don't like to buy shake. Which I never have an issue with shake. Shake is just a shake, right? Yeah. But they they do sell it cheaper. Um, I OCS started admit, though, like sometimes there is a bit of a stem grounded in there because it's milled up, right? Right. Um, but like, yeah, to Lai's point, like. I don't care. It's like three fifty a gram. So Yo, and it's. I mean, oh, let me tell you something. Just at this point, because I'm a lazy thirty something. Even when I'm with flour, like using flour, like I'll try to pull the stem off and whatever. But like, there's gonna be stem in my grind. Like I don't give a shit. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. rush too. I, I'll rush yeah. it through it too sometimes and not break it up properly just for the sake of just rolling it and getting it over with. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
so okay how, how are you feeling what's the high like buddy um so i like this man it's uh so i like the ocs page just load and it's a very potent um indica indica's hybrid sorry indica um heavy hybrid but yeah man i like it i don't feel like it's very super like lay you the fuck out indica but it's still it's like two percent cbd um so you get mellowed out but it's pretty good like i've been smoking this for the last maybe like two weeks i would say um yeah man i've been enjoying it thoroughly normally i'll split between an indica and a sativa and then during the day i'll do the sativa and you know at night kind of yeah. mellow out with the indica but um yeah haven't had to do that recently so it's a bit um it's a little citrusy um the flavor is not the best to be honest but yeah enjoying the high and the price i'm not complaining yeah. at all. i'll probably be rolling with this for the next little bit to be yeah. honest i'll dabble with some other stuff to test it especially for the podcast but this will probably be my like the go-to, go-to. My, my go-to day-to-day yeah hell yeah nice. uh live what are you smoking um i also ordered from ocs for like the first time um i had to get a noble um some thc pills so while i was on there i figured out i would try it out so i got pink kush um, we're gonna think... we're gonna wrap around back to that by the way we gotta talk about that yeah, okay yeah okay. i'm curious about that All right, um, but continue but yeah to, to, to be honest it looks great it smells amazing tastes great and everything um the initial pie is, is amazing it's like but it, it really only lasts like, like 15 20 minutes um i realize and I, it's weird because this is probably well it says 19 percent thc I, it's considered a quad um i have a triple a sativa that i burned during the day and no joke it's like uh you know you wouldn't think it's that great because the way it looks it's a, you know it's a darker texture and everything like that but um like sometimes I'll, I'll i'll go through the day and, and no joke like you know when you're working and stuff like that you got multiple tabs open and you're so high you just like forget what you were doing or like what you went to your email for and you think to yourself like oh man i'm fucking stoned um i will literally look at the time and be like it's, it's literally been like two and a half hours since i burned so it's just uh, you know the sativa has a longer lasting effect the pink kush you know is great but it just uh doesn't last that long for some reason but again i got it on sale i'll still give ocs another you know another try yeah. Um, and grab something else. I think I might have just had a you know a bad bad experience with this batch. But otherwise, yeah. it was it was pretty tricky because it smelled amazing, it looked amazing, and it, it tastes great too. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, as far as uh, I guess endurance or whatever you want to call it, the length of it, uh, it seems like you get over it pretty quick. So I, Leafly has the following characteristics for Pink Kush: relaxed, four bars. Happy three bars, euphoric two bars, sleepy two bars, and uplifted one bar, one and a half bar. So, does that sound right? That sounds pretty accurate. The strongest effect on it would be the calming. You do feel super calm, you know, in the evening, especially when you work later. So, um, there's some days where I get off at like eight, I'll eat, I'll burn, and uh, you know, the the drive from work kind of disappears. You know, that that sort of anxiety and uh, you know, distraction of multiple things going on, and it, and it does make me feel relaxed and, and calm. So. Um, I think that's pretty accurate, yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. I've been smoking uh, what's known as the Time Warp Special. I uh, got it off of PVRE, uh, which is a uh, kind of a mail-order weed place out of, I want to say, BC. Uh, You're like a mecca of, of weed, too, right? Sorry to cut you off, Naveen, but like... <laughs> Well, I gotta write that. Per capita is like yeah. Crazy. So, so I'm out of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, which is uh, an hour outside of Toronto. Um, we have something in the neighborhood of 15 uh, dispensaries opened up. Um, it's been a boom here. I don't know why. I don't know exactly why. Probably because it's a college town, but uh, it's been great with a lot of dispensaries. Um, 
Yeah, and and so I've been smoking this Time Warp special. I mostly got it at the time because my wife needed um, some CBD pills, and OCS just didn't have any, so I just went here. Um, and then they had a Time Warp special, which is an ounce, twenty eight grams for a hundred bucks, uh, and I was like, pretty good deal there. Um, it's a high strength sativa dominant hybrid, um, and it's uh, I guess it comes from the Ruderalis dominant strain originally from Asia uh, and uh, kind of has been used as a BC sort of bud. Um, it is interesting. It's it's a good uh, kind of chill with uh, take in media sort of thing. I wouldn't call it a creative weed. Um, it, it kind of lives up to the name. It's, it's definitely something for like, oh, you know, I just got some time, like got a time warp. Um, yeah, no, it's it's legit. It's been pretty good. Um, I've been vaping mostly lately, um, just because I don't want to be outside and smoke. Yep. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's been uh, it's been my go-to. Um, but yeah, actually, buddy, you you brought up an interesting point. Um, so since we've kind of last done the episode, um, the marijuana scene in Canada has shifted significantly um so when we did our last pod it was only a couple of months into legalization uh and things were moving oh, yeah. along uh but at the time uh legal weed was very expensive everyone was mostly at their original dealers kind of just dealing with the black market because it was just better stuff higher quality and cheaper um but i feel like the tables have tr- turned a little bit and um so at this point i haven't gone through any black or gray market i've been mostly using above board dispensaries uh because the quality has been going so high um additionally just the breadth of products has increased in addition to flour there is the shake uh there are edibles um there are infusions there's teas drinkables drinkables i, got a, drinkables, I, I saw got that a, a soda the other day with my brother yeah How, how'd you like it yeah um it was kind of like an edible yeah. Um, I think it hit quicker than an edible, but it didn't hit as hard or yeah. as long. Um, so we had like two, like Red Bull sized cans each. Yeah. Sorry, one Red Bull sized can each. Um, yeah, it was pretty did, good. Did it say how many like was, milligrams? Uh, I believe it was ten. Okay. Don't okay. me on that because like yeah, the OCS is OCS is like, so just like stuff. Yeah. It's like a standard dose. I believe all their drinks were like ten or yeah. yeah it wasn't I, crazy. They're, they're, it was like a normal dose. There are some limits on what an edible can contain right now. Um, yeah. But they're working on that. Um, so, yeah, live, uh, taking it to you. Uh, how has your weed purchasing habits changed in, in the time of legalization? Uh, once COVID happened, I, w- I was sitting in a large amount of this uh, sativa that I'm working with now. Um, and so I've just been going through that. But um, overall, we did uh, experiment with some edibles. They were, uh, But they were black market edibles, and they were like 250 milligrams, these stony patches. And they're just ridiculous. Like, you know, the thing with did my experience... an entire 250 milligram? Yes, yes, I did. Holy and, uh, shit, the, dude. The, the thing with... Uh, nice. <laughs> the thing with edibles is, like, my experience has always been, like, eh, I don't feel that I'm going to roll a joint. Or, okay, I don't know what just happened. And uh, that that was pretty much what happened. It was just, I haven't even touched... I have a, I have a stash of I haven't touched another one since. We had the worst experience. So I came home uh, from work. <laughs> And Jess, just, who, just heads up, buddy. You just had a, a gummy, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, Jess, who hasn't, uh, who doesn't burn or anything, like the stony patches. So uh, yeah. she was telling me she, yeah, she, she, very talkative. She was folding some laundry, and she was like, "Yeah, I tried the stony patches. You know, they tasted delicious." And I'm like, "How many did you eat?" And she's like, "Oh, I ate the pack." I was like, "You ate the oh. whole pack?" She's like, "Yeah, but I don't really feel anything." 
So, uh, oh, no, no oh, joke, no. We, were, we were watching a movie, I ended up eating a pack too, we were watching a movie, just passed out immediately, like during yeah. the credits, uh, didn't think much of it, I was, uh, it didn't really kick in that, that hard, but 6 in the morning, she was getting up for work the next day, uh, w- wakes me up, and it's just like, what do I do, I'm like, what are you talking about, she's like, she's like, how do I make this go away, hi, and I was like, wait, you're high? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, we'll go to work. Like, it's it's a great day. Like, what are you worried about? But, <laughs> but she was saying, like, her legs wouldn't stop shaking. She's like, my legs. She Basically, it was so bad, she had to call in sick uh, from work. She didn't feel comfortable driving or anything like that. And uh, I felt terrible, I felt, because I just didn't, you know, um, you know, she just wanted to, like, sleep it off and have it go away. So then I didn't realize until I got up and started getting ready to work that I was backing out of the driveway. And, you know, it wasn't like um it wasn't like a like a drunk feeling or anything like that. It was just a super super stoned like when you're driving really slow and looking in your rearview mirror kind of thing, uh, like that paranoia. So it even affected me that way, and it was probably like hitting me till probably like twelve noon the next day. And I haven't uh, I haven't touched an edible since, honestly. Okay, so uh, let me tell you your first mistake: never have two hundred and fifty milligrams yeah, in one yeah, shot yeah. ever. Yeah. Holy uh, yeah, shit! So that, that pack is yeah two fifty. No, yeah. I think it's three fifty, man. The Stonies? Holy shit, no, that's a lot. That's so much. Yeah, it's 350, dude. You're not supposed you, to have an entire pack. You have a Stony also, seven. bud? Yeah, it's oh, God. Be, you. Be careful with you. those ones. Just have a so gummy, man. Maybe just a gummy. Seven honestly. gummies, 50 milligrams each. So the most I've done, excuse me, is two in one go. That seems So 100 milligrams, and like that was good. So... I might do two. I'm off this week, so I might do the whole pack. In <laughs> so, just, yeah. just in your to pay homage to you, live. Well, if you space it out, I think you'll be all right. But that's the oh, tricky man. part of it. There's only seven gummies, so you're you're not thinking like each one is 50 milligrams. Well, like a... for us, that's fine. But like Jess, like, yeah, oh, no, yeah, don't yeah, ever yeah, do yeah. that together again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next time, next time, Jess wants to do an edible. If she ever does. Call me. Just call Ooh, me yeah. first. Yeah, you, yeah. You had the best, most comfortable edibles. Like you had the perfect amount in it. Yeah. Uh, well, because yeah. what I do is like when I when I used to bake uh, edibles, I don't do it as much anymore because it's so easy to get. Is I do like a, one serving is about ten milligrams. Uh, I keep it low because that's because that's the problem is with these like high strength ones. Is like you do want to eat that whole pack. So like if you have ten milligram a cookie, you can have like you know three four cookies and you're good. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rather than having one hundred milligram cookie, and then you're fucked. Yeah. What I started doing is uh, ordering the chocolate from OCS, yeah. and then putting that in my just chocolate chip cookie batter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The the way yeah, I like so I don't to need think to, of like, it, the, make the, the oils or anything like that. Yeah. The, the way oh. I like to think about it is, let's say you got a nice bottle of vodka. You're not drinking that vodka straight, right? Like you're yeah, gonna be yeah. putting it in with something, and you're mixing it down because you want to enjoy it, right? And like kind of slowly sure. ease into the alcohol. Um, and so that's similar with edibles. And I think that's, that's something people really need to start thinking about is think of it more of as a cocktail, right? Like something you kind of, um, put into something else and like work with and try to, um, bring that dosage down. It's not like that's beer, a very good way to look at it. You know? Also, another thing to bring up too, I think a lot of people mess that I miss a lot is just that the amount of time it takes for it to kick in. And, uh, I think a lot of people, like I mistake it a lot that it could take up to an hour and a half to two hours sometimes. Absolutely. And, and the uh, other thing is whenever possible have an edible on an empty stomach you can eat afterwards like do it before dinner do it before lunch oh um, uh, yeah because it'll hit faster and you can control it better that's a good um, point that's a good point i do want to happen to me i didn't eat yet you, yeah. you just you just reminded me of something to get to the um uh fred had gotten me uh it was a it was cannabis honey 
Um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried this, but uh, yeah, and it was it, there's 200 milligrams in the whole thing, but you're not going to use a whole jar of honey, obviously. So um, what I had been doing is just taking a tablespoon and putting it in my coffee. So normally, like I've, I've kind of cut down on coffee a lot. So um, when I drink coffee, it just wake me up. It's great for like the first half hour or so, but I get like kind of like the jitters, um, you know, while I'm working and stuff, and I'll get like very distracted and like a lot of you know, you know, when you have like 20 tabs open and you know you forget what you're doing. Um, the honey, number one, tastes amazing, so I just put, like, the honey and, like, some milk in the coffee. And then two, like, I feel alert and awake, but I don't get that same, uh, leg-shaking feeling. So I'm very calm throughout the day also. Um, so I do highly recommend it. I just ran out, but, um, I'll probably order some more. But, uh, I gotta ask Fred where he got it from, honestly. But, yeah, the, the, the cannabis honey was amazing. Tasted great, um, worked well in coffee, and, uh, you know, I think it helped balance out the caffeine pretty, pretty well. That sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, buddy, I, I heard you just drop that you're starting to feel the uh, the gummy. No, no, I was, I was on an empty stomach. Oh. So I'm like, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this. <laughs> I might eat another one through this. I might eat another one. That's what happens. Right, That's guys. what happens. It's not I'll like you'll post it. You don't I'll play it to posted. eat the whole pack. It's not like I open the whole pack and just like, like dumped it in my mouth. Like, you eat one. It's like, I like sour packs. What do you want? Like, you know what I mean? They taste good. When you get super stoned, buddy, we're going to jump on Overwatch and see what you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> down with that <laughs> uh, alright well so I, I was just mentioning like me and Muddy sometimes like to play Overwatch we've been playing a lot of shit during the pandemic it's been great um, one thing I want to note is both of you guys have new gaming systems of a sort Muddy yeah. you got a new PC over the summer Live you got an Xbox One thank you sir um, Muddy let's start with you how are you liking PC ownership and how has that changed your gaming uh, man like I've, I'm I'm well <laughs> For everyone, thank you, Napster. He built the computer for me. He was bored. He had a week off. And oh, I wanted amazing. to do this for a bit, but I was too lazy to build it myself. Um, yeah, so Napster, thanks, man. But um, no, man, I've been enjoying it. I I started off as a PC. Well, when I really got into gaming years ago, PC was my jam. Um, but then my old computer, I just never upgraded it. Um, console was just easier. More people I knew were on it. So, but I'm loving it, man. I've been playing um, a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online through Stadia. And then... Um, yeah, Xbox Game Pass is so sick. Yeah. So, Dope. yeah, man, I've been enjoying the PC. Um, yeah, I've honestly, I expect it to kind of keep on par with the next gen. So, I like, I don't need to get really the PS5 other than maybe for an exclusive. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is probably one of my favorite games of all time. So, the sequel to that may get me to get a PS5. But other than that, I'm, I'm good, man. Nice. And live, uh, you've spent a long time away from gaming, and you came back with the Xbox One. Uh, yes. How are you enjoying that? Uh, at first, it was a bit overwhelming. You know, like, levels were just so intense. Like, I, 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 um, um, I started with Saints Row, started playing Mafia a little bit. Um, I will say that the co-op mission that I ran with you on Halo made me feel a lot better. Like, I don't know, something about playing with somebody else uh, made it a lot more entertaining for me, as opposed to just me just getting lost into a puzzle. Um, so usually I'll play uh, just will watch uh, I recently got a controller for her to get her onto it. And one thing I didn't realize is, like, like I'm thinking I'm rusty, like, playing games. Uh, you don't realize, like, how um, how complicated, like, a first-person shooter could be. Like, for somebody who just doesn't understand, like, something... For us, it's pretty simple, like, two joysticks, you know, one is to look, one is to move. That's true, actually. So we started playing... Uh, I started her on Perfect Dark. Uh, not the original, the... Uh, what is it? Perfect Dark Zero. Zero, yeah. So we, we went off that, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was pretty much a walkthrough where I had to just, you know, just follow me, you know, get used to the movements, things like that. Uh, it was pretty funny. It was very entertaining, because it was just, like, by the time she was done, like, the controller was just, like, covered in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kept telling her, like, don't worry, don't freak out, don't worry, I got you back, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll cover us for the most part. Uh, but she had a blast, she had a blast, and it kind of just reminded me, like, how fun first-person shooters are, um, you know, when you're playing with somebody else, actually. I'm not really much of a solo gamer. Um, I remember even when I was a kid, my brother would, like, wake me up uh, early in the morning because he couldn't play Zelda by himself. He just wanted somebody, like, in the room. <laughs> it's a weird thing, right? Um, the dungeons? I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, yeah. But, uh... But yeah, playing with somebody else is much better. Even when we were playing, it just reminded me of... Um, I remember the first time we got Halo for Xbox. Um, Jeremy brought it home, and we literally stayed up the whole night just playing uh, level after level. And it was it was a blast. It's still a blast, actually. You know what I mean? Now that, yeah. now oh, it's back great. It, it holds up. Yeah, I want to get us more into that, because uh, the nice thing is, especially on like the Xbox side of things, is there is a lot of uh, cross-play between PC and Xbox. Um, so, Muddy, we'll get you in. Maybe we'll get in some Gears. We'll get, we can do some Halo. Um, yeah, for sure. I ordered that controller that was on sale, so uh, yeah. I'm waiting for that to come in. So, yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, and, uh, and then I just recently upgraded to the Series X, the Xbox Series Ooh, X. Um, how was that? In fact, I've, I've propped my laptop on the box to just give me that extra height right now. Um, and it's it's great. I love it. I love that thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's about on par with, like, Buddy's computer. Like, the big improvement there is the uh, solid state drive. So it's, like, no loading times really anymore. Uh, but, like, I mean, overall, like, it's, it's cool that, you know, we can play across generations and like the xbox one's still viable um i've been i've been really uh enjoying a lot of that so um i've been i've fallen down a destiny hole yet again so uh live just just to explain so the guys that made halo bungie the developer yeah, yeah. um they eventually decided to go do their own thing they wanted to do something new and so they made destiny which is like world of warcraft meets halo um you kind of run quests you get gear but it still plays incredibly well like one of the best feeling first person shooters out there uh free to play completely free to play you can just download it play like obviously to get other stuff you will pay um but so i've been getting into a lot of the end game stuff so uh like world of warcraft it has what are known as raids which are really high level content where you have to go through a dungeon with a team so in this in destiny's case it's a team of six and you got to coordinate really well um and so like for instance my like raid group yesterday started at 8 p.m ended at 3 a.m in the morning and still didn't finish it um it is nuts it's con- they're tough man tough. we did a few naveen like, yeah uh yeah. yeah. Is it, ju- really is it just fun? full strategy? Everybody plays a role. You're the sniper. You got Yeah, line, pretty yeah. much. Okay. But okay. you gotta like yeah. you gotta coordinate. It's it's almost like uh, like sports in the way like where you're running a play and you gotta be like you gotta set yeah. that pick you know or else so everything if, falls apart sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so all six of you need to do what you need to do because if yeah. one of you doesn't, <laughs> yeah, you, you everyone dies. So like <laughs> yeah. it's really fun, but it can get really frustrating, especially like yeah. if you're playing with someone that doesn't get like what you were saying live earlier, like the meta of gaming. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. point, like there are certain things that you kind of get with experience, like how to do certain things just from playing World of Warcraft for a while. Yeah. Um. So when we were doing it, Naveen, like a few of your boys aren't avid gamers, right? No, so like no. they're gamers, but they're not like end game like Naveen is right so that yeah. it was it was just fun Naveen, Naveen like, at least has a lot of patience Naveen has a lot of patience to at least and play. a lot of experience playing games right I think yeah. you just like you realize kind of like how to do certain things just because 
Yeah, there's a meta to it. I don't know what it was, but I felt like there was a line that I got crossed at some point where it's like all of a sudden, like, uh, like just competing in games just took me out completely. Like it wasn't even like, like once I went online, like there was guys in two, like I thought I was good at two K and Madden, and then you just go there, and you just get like, oh, they wreck you, floor mopped with you, yeah. Uh, which kind of just took the soul out of me, where I was just like, oh, but the co-op, the co-op is great, I think, you know? Yo. And I think that's very realistic, too, because everybody does have to play their role in whatever yeah, mission totally. you're running, you know? Um, um, but, I mean, it, talking more about that, though, sometimes I, I do like the teamwork, because, like, me and Muddy briefly in the summer with our but, uh, boy Nick, you know Nick, obviously. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's told uh, me a lot about learned. these uh, Yeah, well, we, we got, nice. with his boys, we got into NBA 2K20. And uh, we were getting into like the my neighborhood, my park mode, uh, yeah. where we each had our own player. And we were just, you know, running five man squads against other five man squads. And that was fun as shit. Like, we didn't win that much. We got wrecked a lot. But, like, you know, just, just setting a pick and roll and knowing, like, Muddy's the other guy doing it with me, like, it, it was cool That's as hell. That's cool. That's um, cool. I've never actually done that. Yeah, some of that stuff's really good. Like, when you get on a team and you're, like, running those set plays and, and kind of, like, building up your stats and doing all this and the other, like, man, it, it's a lot of fun. It yeah. It's an Overwatch. Like, yeah. we, we got kind of into it over the summer when we were playing that competitive little streak for yeah, a couple yeah, months. Yeah, totally. like, Yeah, and, like, yeah, that was really fun just running, like, yeah, the, I like, that's why I like those games a bit more than Battle Royales. Mm-hmm. I find Battle Royales are a little more on the fly with less strategy and, like, they're fun. I prefer kind of those more, more mechanic, like, structured yeah. games. Yeah, it's a lot more um, random in a battle royale. Because you get picked, like, you can get a sniper shot from across the map, like, that you can't defend. Like, there's nothing you can yeah. do. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? So, like, that's yeah. my preference of the, these where, yeah, you have the role and, like, you know, your team. And, like, you're relying on your tank to absorb the damage. So, yeah, yeah man, if you want to get into Destiny Live, like, I'm not... The end game stuff was really fun. Yeah. I'm not super far into it, but I don't mind getting back onto it. Yeah, yeah no. uh, and it's crazy too because Destiny is on Stadia, which Muddy, you said you've been messing around with ESO. Um, yeah. So what Stadia is is it's Google's kind of gaming platform, and you don't need any hardware for it. You technically can just go into a Google browser, like a Chrome browser, type uh, stadia.google.com, sign in with your Gmail address, and you get to play games remotely. And you can do it on your phone, you can do it on your tablet, you can do it on your computer, um, or Chromecast, like Muddy's got, uh, on your TV. Um, it is a really cool service. Um, and Destiny's on there, so is ESO. Um, Muddy, how, how are you liking playing on Stadia? Does it feel like playing on a console or a PC or what? I was playing ESO recently on the PC just because MMO, I like it better. I found, I don't know if it... I don't think it's my internet connection because I was playing League of Legends literally right before and I was fine. But I was like chopping and my frames kept dipping every once in a while. And it happened like on two separate occasions through the PC. But when I was playing through um, Chromecast with the controller, I was okay. Mm-hmm. On like three or four other occasions. So like I, I don't really know what happened mm-hmm. on the PC. I found the quality of gaming was slightly less on that factor of my, fa- my frames mm-hmm. dropping. But... Other than that, like I love the Stadia premise. I Yo, love the platform there? of it. I think their library needs to increase, Hello? and I don't like their pay model where you subscribe and Shit. buy games. Um, Sorry, I think they need a. It's like a Disney Plus thing. Sorry, I just got cut off for a second. I'm back. You guys there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, I kind of lost you at the start of the Chrome thing or uh, the Stadia thing. Yeah, a bit, oh. a bit of lagging on the uh, Chromecast. Is that an internet connection thing, or is that? 
Um, yeah, I think that was just a hiccup on the internet. It could have been my internet too, because I'm in the basement. Oh, not 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 you. I mean, uh, Mother, you said when he was playing um, Stadia on Chromecast, she <laughs> said uh, the difference between. Well, it, it it's not running anything on my PC. It's only the, my connection to their hardware. So like, oh. other than them having a different portal, like I, I, I different instance for PCs that was messing up. I I don't even know what the hell happened, but yeah. um, I was hoping like you know with Google. Google hardware, you're paying for it. Like, I would never expect that because my shit does that. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But other than that, like, I do think that's kind of like the future-ish. And I do like it. Like, you know, I can just take it. I'm traveling with my brothers in BC. Yes. I can just take my Chromecast and my controller. Or just go on a browser on my iPad, um, which is pretty cool. Like, to be able to remotely game anywhere with no yeah. hardware, like anything. Like, that's, that's huge. Cool. It's nice. Yeah. I remember when um, Nick came up, he brought like a whole separate backpack. Just to yeah, yeah, He brought his PS4 to and my we house had a and PS4. I have a PS4. And, and yeah, Darren had one at the house too, so I was like, you didn't have to bring this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, speaking of Nick news, uh, hope he's listening to this one because uh, shout out to him. He just got a PS5. He texted me about that. Oh, nice. Uh, we, might have to, we might have to drag him onto the, the podcast to, for to sure, get for some sure. impressions. Um, yeah, I wanna, sure. he's been raving about playing with you guys all the time, and he always like mentions it in every conversation we have. Like, when are you gonna get online? Yeah. Yeah. Muddy, so. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna no. bust out his Xbox, I believe. Right, he has an Xbox One. He's, right? he's got an Xbox One. Our buddy uh, Stanley's got one too. I, I told him nice. jump on. We'll play some Halo. We can do some Gears, whatever. Uh, yeah, man, I'd, I'd be into that. Um, all right, well, that, you know, I think we talked out the gaming talk. Uh, I just want to circle back to one thing because I just remembered about it. So, uh, Live, you were saying when you were grabbing that weed, you were getting some a little something something for an uncle. Uh, what was that about? <laughs> How'd you get him into it? Uh, oh, what's the uh, background there? It started with uh, he's been having like really, really bad nerve pain. And, um, you know, he, he has, like, nothing's really been helping him. But, um, you know, it's bad if he just like, you know, has to call in and, you know, is limping around and stuff. So. My thing has always been like, you know, instead of getting onto any kind of prescription painkillers or anything like that, you know, try weed, try weed before anything. But um, so first we started with like a topical cream for his back, but it helped him a lot. And that was just CBD. Uh, it was a CBD cream, but he said he, he, he liked it. It helped him a lot. Um, one day he asked me if there was anything to help him with his blood sugar levels. And I'm not too familiar with like how diabetes works or anything like that. But, um, you know, I looked it up. I did as much research as I can. I even talked to your sister about it. She's a doctor. Uh, just to make sure, and uh, she said as long as it's not interfering with any other medications, it looks like it has some really good results. And uh, so apparently, like THC does uh, help regulate the blood sugar levels, and does help uh, you know people with diabetes. So um, we got him the capsules. I have to look it up, but uh, do you remember what the how much uh, was I think in it? Like five and five, like five milligrams yeah, so, THC, five milligrams CBD. Like yeah, nothing so, enough to go make him go to space, but enough to ease the pain. That's what I said. That's what I said. I said, just take one. I, I gave him your instructions. I said, take one before dinner. And, uh, you know, if you take anything more than three, you know, listen to Bob Marley or something. Uh, <laughs> but so far, it's, it's been helping him. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, I think, you know. Um, I don't know if it's something that they prescribe in the hospitals or if that's their go-to um, when somebody's having these issues. But um, anything better than, you know, getting dependent on prescription medication, I think, is amazing. 100%. Uh, and it, yeah. It's, it's crazy because... Oh, sorry. I was just saying that this this uncle is uh, very ad. He was very adverse to to cannabis products prior. Oh yeah. To oh, this, yeah. so like, uh, yeah, you know, like it's it's. I'm happy that it's working for him because yeah, like you know, uh, way better than a lot of alternatives that they might prescribe. So yeah, the the whole benefit of legalization, like like low key, is basically 
a lot of people are okay with it and and and, and you know support it once it's legal. Like them, like as long as it's legal, like nobody wants to hear anything about it, especially from like the older generation. It's, there's like yes. a stigma that's attached to it. That's very weird and very odd. I found the whole entire time. The minute it was legalized, all of a sudden, um, it was like it like became like turmeric to our culture or something like that. <laughs> It's like, this is what oh, I've been man. telling you guys for years. Yo, we uh, gotta put, like, do some turmeric lace joints. <laughs> put some culture on that shit. Yeah, man, there's so much, so, so much benefits to it. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the greatest things I've seen is just, you know, losing that stigma um, yeah, yeah. is attached to it. Even in work environments, like, we're having a Christmas party on Wednesday, and people are very comfortably talking about it on Zoom. Like, are we burning? Are we burning there? Is anyone going to be offended? And until I was like, I'd be offended if you didn't burn, to be honest with you. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm excited. Like, and that's the thing. Like, the culture is changing. Um, like, we got we got a bunch of family weddings that got postponed because of COVID, but it's coming up next year. And I'm like, we're totally burdened during that. Like, who cares? You know, 100%, yeah. um, some of those weddings might even have a weed bar. So, like, that's that's yeah, super yeah. cool to see. Like, the the culture change so quickly like that. Um, yeah, I'm into it. I'm I'm 100 percent into it. Yeah, 100. No, percent And I'm glad he likes it too. And uh... I think even even my your your father too. Like after um, he understood it was helping you with some of your your health issues too, he uh, kind of did a one eighty. Also, his main concern yeah. was what just like cops. You know, I just don't it want was cops. Illegal. <laughs> yeah. It was illegal. Yeah. At the time when he found out that I was smoking, which is like yeah, like four or five years ago. Yeah, his only real thing was that it's illegal. Yeah, and I'm like uh, that. That's a fair point. Like well, at that yes. time, I'm like, what? Well, I have no argument to that. Yeah, there's no argument. Um, my parents used to say the same thing. My mom would, you know, when I was a teenager, it's, it's like I don't care if it cures cancer. It's legal. <laughs> Yeah. So it's funny you say that because, like, uh, at my condo with COVID, they won't OCS won't deliver here because they do a hand to hand exchange. That's right. Yeah. So I have to do it to a post office because my condo reads like a PO box um, on their site. So I deliver it to my parents' house, and my like parents know the weed delivery guy. Like, my dad every day. <laughs> yeah. Or not every day. Like I order, you know. He knows the plug. It's three weeks or whatever. <laughs> like it's the same guy. Knows my dad. He knows my weed delivery guy. <laughs> same thing as last time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like today, I like he came and he dropped it off for me. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. You want to go wild. back like ten years and tell yourself like how? Man, yeah, it, it it is funny. There's like a nostalgia to like oh man, getting into the backseat of like your dealer's car, like making small talk. Oh and, like, my god, looking yeah. out the window constantly, and now it's like super chill. Yeah, you know? yeah. See, I've been I've been fortunate. Like ninety five percent of my dealers oh. since like since I started smoking have been either my friends or people like I personally knew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't have too many weird dealer encounters. I've had a few like in the odd times in between finding one, but yeah, yeah, man, they're odd. I never, um, I never found weed dealers to be too shady or too, too weird. It is usually a friend or a friend of a friend. And it's, uh, it's just the, uh, like even in Canada before it was legalized, it was still more comfortable than it was in Florida. Cause in Florida, it was still just a super high anxiety, like, uh, you know, park between two cars. You know, hundred percent. It, it, it's the uh, parking lot shit. I hate it. It's the parking lot stuff. I hate because and they will run up on you. They will run up on you so quickly. And you know, weed isn't like a like a, something you can very hide. It's it, it just it's it smells. You know what I mean? There's a large amount. Um, you know, it's very obvious. Maybe. So when it's illegal, it's just a it's a pain in the ass to hide. Really, you know, all this stuff like smoking in the car and stuff like that that you naturally do up here, even before it was legalized, just didn't go down in Florida. That was just a very bait crash dummy thing to do. Uh, and I'm so glad that era is just over with, you know? And it's, it, you know, it kind of reminds me sometimes, I don't know if you've been seeing the news sometimes, but, uh, you know, one guy got exonerated recently and he was, uh, I was looking into his case and he he ended up doing like 28 years, but he had a life sentence uh, for selling a, a 20 bag of weed. 
And then, which is frustrating enough as it is, but then when you actually look into the case, it was basically undercover cops went to the neighborhood, saw him, asked him if, they could, if he could grab $20 worth of weed, but he wasn't even the dealer. He took his bicycle, went to the dealer, got, got him 20 uh, bucks worth of weed, brought it back, they gave him five bucks for food, and then arrested him. And he, got, he had life in prison for 28 years. Like, people celebrate when these guys get exonerated and get released, but it's like, who's going to answer for that for those 28 years that this guy had to do yeah, in, an entra- in an entrapping yeah. case? He wasn't even like the actual dealer, you know? Yeah, no, that's a civil rights uh, civil case right there. Like, I mean, the yeah. government has to reimburse, right? Like, that's the only it's justice just, that's possible. That's just I don't wild. Know. Anyway, enough of the depressing shit. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. um, one thing that has been kind of keeping me entertained during uh, lockdown and all this COVID shit, the NBA. The NBA has been killing it. Um, obviously, the the 2019-2020 season got uh, stopped in March when Rudy Gobert tested positive when basically Rudy Gobert Jazz. shot everything down. Defensive yeah. player of he the year. He just signed, by the way. Did he? Yeah. Re-up? 205 five, five years with the, with the Jazz. Oh, okay. He's committed yeah. to the Jazz. Good for him. Yeah. Get that bag money. I will I, say, before we go into details, I will say out of every sports, or out of every sport league, the NBA, I think, handled COVID the best um, with the whole bubble set up and everything like that i just think they did an amazing job nba is by far the best outside of COVID. i think just the best uh north american professional sports league yeah, yeah. but before we go any further than that though i do want to say how low that bar is considering, yeah, 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 yeah. considering the raptors are letting people into the arena in tampa bay in fucking tampa are like they ground zero basically yeah. where they invented yeah. COVID at this point like yeah. holy shit Anyway, but they're letting them to 3,200 or something like something that. Like people? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. They had they had the right idea the first time around. Yeah, yeah. Bubble they had the right idea. They, yeah. You got caught leaving the bubble. You were you were gone, and you know that's how you have to really maintain. Otherwise, it could be like the NFL where we don't even know who's playing uh, every Sunday. You know, and there's baseball teams are just wiped out completely. There's going to be a huge asterisk on whoever wins the Super Bowl this well next year. Um, like, you can't you can't yeah. consider that a full season. Not in any like meaningful way. You've got backups for backups playing. You got QBs yeah, who aren't even yeah. QBs playing QB right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Okay, so we had the bubble happen. It was, by all accounts, a resounding success. No uh, positive cases throughout. Once they cleared out the backlog of players arriving, um, yep. really high quality of play. I will say overall. Um, yeah. Yeah. Muddy and me were talking last. Uh, yesterday on, on when we did a test run on this. except the clippers the clippers let me down immensely i don't i don't you had, I expectations. Don't you had expectations i had expectations yeah i had expectations and, uh, were they, were they, I, I have i have no excuse for it well i'm, I'm a huge Kawhi fan and i was yeah. hurt too when he left when he, when he left around i think he should i don't know why you would leave a championship team to play anywhere yeah. else but uh he made a mistake ball? and uh i was a uh, oh man that was a huge l i think i think that that's he didn't even get to the. I mean, get, they weren't the only team to choke, though. I mean, the Sixers shit the bed. Uh, Milwaukee True. shit the bed. You know. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't favored to win like the Clippers. The Clippers were favored oh, to win. Yeah. It was supposed to be the Clippers and the Lakers and Kawhi versus LeBron, yeah. and then you know, like the only team that should have dethroned the Clippers and it would have been okay would should have been the Lakers. Yeah. Once they the got the whole narrative, the whole season. Once they got that. taken off, everything was kind of. It wasn't really like three <laughs> one. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Paul George just signed a massive contract too. They That's signed him it. back again, and I just, I can't fathom what they could possibly want with this guy anymore. Um, well, so one thing though, I, yeah, I think that they, I'm so happy the NBA is taking is the play-in tournament for the playoffs though. 
like this season i'm so happy they adopted that from the bubble I think that yeah that's gonna make it's so much more exciting at the end of the season where you're not going to have um yeah just random teams that make it in you're going to have the best teams that that make it into the playoffs yeah. cuz you're going to eliminate like yeah i just i love that i'm so happy they adopted that right yeah you want to see good teams play each other you want to see like a good seven game series that could you know go 100%. either way my my only thing was once the clippers got eliminated it became like a very obvious thing that the lakers were going to win um i didn't i didn't really see anybody competing with them after that so so, yeah. okay, I mean, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. So, obviously, they, they won the championship. Uh, LeBron secured, I guess, his legacy of being at least a top two player of all time. Um, you, you, could, you can argue about the one and two, like, whatever. But, um, and, he's, and he's poised to do it again with Davis and crew, uh, with a better-looking roster this year. Um, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Is this... Like LeBron season to lose, yeah. It, I, if if he does lose, I think it still puts like another asterisk on his legacy. Uh, you know, I, I I'm very biased in this. No, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I, you are. I am. I, I I still don't. Uh, I I guess if he he could three peat with the Lakers, really, you know, and I think it's his best opportunity to do so. And then I could just change my mind completely. But this uh, this whole quiet situation just threw me for a loop because there's just so many. You know, for me, um, he played like a GOAT, you know, the year, you know, he took the Cavs to the finals with nobody, for sure. And then the only other one was, like, when he came back 1-3. and three. Everything else to me was, like, there was Ray Allen, there was Kyrie hitting the shot, there was, um, you know, this season was, you know, the COVID season was, but, I mean, he still won, I get it. Um, the idea of just, like, teaming up with superstar players all the time and not having the, you know, that, that adversity and hurdle to jump, um, like some players have. You know, it could just be me hating. I love the guy as a, as a human being and, like, everything he does off the court. Um, but, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I don't want to be a pain in the ass, but, like, maybe three-peats, I guess, you know, with the Lakers, then for sure, you know, I, I'm, putting him, I'm putting him top two. I'm not going to debate that. But I still have a hard time putting him above Kobe. Who's your number two so, right now, out of curiosity? Uh, I know who your number one is. Who's your number two of all time? It's still it's still Kobe. I, I still put Kobe okay. above LeBron. And, you know, a lot of people would disagree with that. Uh, no, that's but, a solid number two. It was like, you know, was, John guy. Starks. There was, was John he, Starks or something. No, no, no. He did have the asterisk, you know, uh, going with Shaq those years. You know, he did have that asterisk. But he also was, did come back from the asterisk and just, you know, put it on himself too, you know? But, it, I mean, isn't that recency bias? Because, like, my number three, like, my one and two are Jordan, LeBron. Um, and three would be Kareem. Like, just... Yeah. And that's very fair. That's very fair. I just think it's uh, for me. It's mostly just because it's out of my uh, out of my generation that I maybe I didn't experience the same um, game well, winners. I, mean, I didn't in, experience in it either. This was all ESPN Classic, but you know. Uh, yeah, but but I could I could I could very well agree with that too. I I just get upset when it's like a, a debate between Jordan and LeBron, and it's like all right, he's still he's still got a little bit more work to do. He's still less than fifty percent in the finals too. Um, but he you hasn't know. finished his career. Jordan has. He hasn't finished that's his career. That's the terrifying part. Yeah, and he's 100%. still like 17 years best in the league. Like that's the scary part. He's still a threat. He's still a threat. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. like, yeah, that like I think that's the part that, and I was talking to my brother about this the other day. Like I think LeBron's legacy won't be realized now. He has to retire, and then people will start talking about that. Like man, 20 years in the league, the best guy in the league for 20 years. Mm-hmm you know, 10 finals or eight finals in a row or whatever, I think that's when, like, his yeah. body of work will start showing itself. It gets overwhelming, he's still, yeah. 
he he's still going so like he could play he could make the championship this year like he's still yeah i don't think he's talked in the same breath as the guys that retired just because you can't he's still going like who knows when when he stops he could overkill it he could do like tom brady where it's just like regardless of how many times you think he cheated or whatever the case was they just overkill it and it's like all right how many times are you gonna see this guy i don't see him slowing down anytime soon right like the way he takes care of his body for how long he's been taking care of his body like the the other scary thing is too he doesn't he doesn't have to be the best player on the team anymore which is a pro and a con you know for people like like me like oh he's not even the best player on his team but then also it's the fact His that like, passing IQ is unparalleled though. Like he it, can see the floor so well. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Be. Yeah, it's like a Floyd May- Mayweather situation where it's like it's not going to be the most entertaining fight, but he's gonna he yep. just knows how to win. He knows exactly what yep. to do to win, whether you hate, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Something else to speak to. I think he's smart enough to know, like, yeah, like I don't need to be the most, uh, not the most talented. Like I don't need to be the most dominating player anymore. I have Anthony Davis. Like you can yeah. do that, man. Like he, I got you. I he, got you in everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Have fun. But he's yeah, always I the smartest guy on the court. No question. Yeah, but to be the For best sure. player in the league, like I don't know if like Kevin Durant would do that or James Harden. Like the no, other they best won't. Players it's like the mellow situation. It's like, are you coming off the bench and being a sixth player, or, like or are you better about and it? Steph, I think, are the only two that have done that. Like, which I think they don't get enough credit for. To yeah. be able to do that at that yeah, level. Because yeah. um, LeBron right. could be MVP every year if yeah. he wanted to. Steph, arguably in that stretch, could be an MVP candidate every year if he wanted to have been. But that, like, when they're focused, he was them, the, he was like, they're focused on winning and they're doing what they need to, to do to win. Whereas, like, I personally think Kevin Durant is a better player than Steph. But Steph will go down with a better legacy just because he wins that much. And Kevin had to join him, really, to, to yeah. To get on I mean, that, Steph know? was the yeah. engine that gave KD his rings. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has to win this year. Like, yeah, until KD wins without the Steph, because Kyrie is amazing, but he's not Steph. No, so yeah, if like, KD okay. won, if KD won, we're not going to chalk it up to like, oh, that's so. He had let's Kyrie let's talk about the Nets real quick. We got two ball dominant. Stars. You say that about you say about LeBron. Why won't you say that about KD? Live. <laughs> well, when, uh, aside aside from the one in three, like when does I mean when did LeBron really dominate in the finals to? Uh, you know, to to take over like that. I'm not gonna lie, though. The him coming back from one and three was amazing. Yes. Um. I just I just didn't get the same experience from any other finals that he that he won. And then there's so many bloopers. Too. There's so many like the, him playing against the Mavericks with this super stuff team. One, That's the only one. That's the only one. The Mavericks one. I'll give you. Okay. But even well, then, like, the what about Mavericks when they lost to the Spurs? Good, the Mavericks on the... played some good ball. It's not like the Mavericks were scrubs. The Mavericks played some good ball that game. Yep. They shouldn't have won. The last team, the last uh, finals he played with the Heat when they played the Spurs. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what was the reasoning behind that? Well, I mean, you had the the dynasty yeah, slayer take him down, Kawhi. Yeah. But like, LeBron didn't have a bad series though. No, like, I remember, like that, I, re- I remember the AC going off and he couldn't like breathe or something in the in the stadium. But like. No, like okay, mind you, he was he wasn't dropping fifty points a game, but like people like LeBron, I don't know the numbers. I can pull it up. I'm sure he averaged like twenty five points or whatever with good field goals. Like what that, but that what that shows me is the year before when they lost to the Spurs. Like I mean, I'm sorry when they beat the Spurs because of the Ray Allen shot you know, it really should have been a wrap. Was like it's it just makes that an asterisk. It makes it more obvious that like ah, technically the Spurs should have. And every buzzer beater is an asterisk because the shot could have missed. Michael Jordan's famous thing against the Cavs could have. Mi- Why is that not an asterisk? Because it, it was Michael. It just didn't. Like how, it, I don't. I like see that 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 yeah. is a moot argument in my opinion. Just because it's Michael, it, it's it's valid. Like why John pa- Paxton shot, Steve yeah. Kerr shot. Oh that yeah. Do those not count? Those were hail marys. Low percentage shots. They, if you 
analyze it. That's the exact same situation. How is that different? What would be the difference between him losing against the Spurs that year? I'm sorry, the, the final year, and then them beating the Spurs the, the, the year before? Is it really him? Is he really the difference maker, or are the Spurs just a better team um, that really could have took him down two in a row? I think it could have gone either oh, way. Those two those two series could have gone 2-0 for the Heat, 2-0 for the Spurs, or split like it did. Well, that, but that's also, I think that's also a point in his favor, because I think with the exception of his L.A. team, and the one time he was with Miami and the Dallas team, LeBron hasn't had the better team in the finals. Even when he was against the Spurs, I think the Spurs were like on net rating, were like on par, if not better. The guy got drafted there. He said he was winning eight and nine rings. He lost to the to the Mavericks that Wade uh, demolished by himself. Well, I mean, yeah, help from Shaq. I should take that back. And the one that they the, the the one that he took was 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 like a very young Oklahoma City Thunder. I just don't, you know. I gotta see. I gotta see more of those. Those coming back from like one and three, you know, he has to take over at that point. Um, there's been he's he's choked many times in the finals. I don't. Uh, I don't think he's you know his teams have choked. I don't. I don't, I don't think you can go down. Like I don't think you can go down as the goat having a losing record in the finals. Is, is is all I'm saying. I don't know if that's fair to to, to, to say or what. But but if he, if he I, three peats, then we're talking. If he three peats or even fifty percent, you know, I think even fifty, I, right? Even so fifty. This next one even, will be fifty percent, right? Yeah. If he then goes five, for sure, it's debatable that he's the, he's the second, and, and uh, I wouldn't. It, it'd, be the, it, it'd be the Kareem argument. I wouldn't argue. Yeah. yeah. Four and nine four right nine, now. Yeah. Right? So this I will put him at five percent. Okay. All right. So let's talk about it breaking the bad way for LeBron. Who in the West can take him down this season? Like, who has a chance? I would like to say Portland, just because I love Dame. <laughs> no, no, no. But he's not going to take him down. I love so, Dame. I love healthy, his loyalty. Healthy Portland. If, if Nurkic is coming back healthy. Did y'all forget how good Nurkic was before he got hurt? Though? Yeah, but I mean, every they're year. Not, they're not going to win. They're, they're amazing, but the, in a seven-game series. There's got to be a team like, with a better chance than that. There's got to uh, be. Honestly, I think like it's I just think the Clippers. people are sleeping on the, on the Warriors. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're do better than the Lakers, but I think like Steph is still fucking Steph. Yeah, that's true. I think the only he, chance he they have of not high. coming out of the West is somehow if the Clippers get it together and maybe gel. Yeah, somehow. really. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> Any yeah. respect for the Nugs? Any respect for the Nuggets? Not against the. When no, you see the Lakers I, play, like him and Anthony Davis is just a monster fucking duo. Like I, I don't know how you would stop that. It reminds me of playing like 2K, and it's just like you don't have a way to defend this oh, this pick and so roll situation that's happening right now. I'm a. I have a hot take. Sorry, like this might be a little off topic. I personally believe that LeBron and AD are the most universal duo ever in the NBA. If they get a three-peat, they'll go down it as better than probably Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think anyone else has been able to guard one through five everything on a switch. Yes. No, no ever. Yeah. They're playing like um, games with like teams out there. Yeah, I don't know if they're the best. They've only had one year, one championship. That's a little premature. But in terms of skill set, I think they're, they're by far the yeah. most versatile duo yeah, and, no like, bad lethal defensive matchups for them, like none in the league. Yeah, yeah, and op- like offensively, yeah. How the fuck do you guard them? Yeah, they're like a, they're like in a two-man game. It's basically Kobe and Shaq 2.0, like just an evolved version. Yeah, that, yeah, that, definitely. This guy can hit threes. This guy can play set. They just they kind of took a little bit of each. Like instead of Shaq and Kobe, like eh, they went. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. greater than the sum of those parts, even. So yeah. Okay. So all right, we. We don't feel confident about the West. What about the East? Who can meet them in the finals and take them down? Brooklyn should yeah. be up there. They should. On paper, Brooklyn should be up there. Did yeah. Miami make I any don't... new additions since uh, since last year? Or... Miami? Because I, I thought that was a very... Um, they they were pretty... Out in, 
a lot of teams struck out. I'm not blaming Miami for that. They, uh, well, they, yeah. they they were very surprising last year. Last year, they yeah, yeah but I would not be. I would not put like a, a put the heat above the Raptors last year at the beginning of the season. But uh, yeah, no. But the, they came together. Miami was the Cinderella, but like clearly they were outmatched. Like they're not they were still young. The Lakers yeah. class. No, not even close. Okay, uh, so we got the Nets. How about the Bucks? Do we have any nope. faith in the Bucks? No, even with Giannis uh, planting got, his leg. He has to go somewhere else. He has to get help. I, well, we talked about this yesterday, Nav. Like, I don't think Giannis currently has the skill set to win. Yeah. As a leading. As guy. the number one. Yeah. Yeah, I think he has the talent. I think he has the drive. I think he could if he wanted to. I don't know if it's the coaching or the style of play. Like, I personally don't think. I think he needs to take that next step and develop another threat. Because I think people are figuring him out. He'll get his numbers, but like, what, four years in a row now? He hasn't put it up in the playoffs. Like, clearly it's not going to work. Like, I don't think it's going to magically start working all of a sudden with this extra person. If but, he's going to be the guy, like... Okay, here's my question then is, obviously my, uh, Milwaukee has got Giannis committed for at least two seasons. Like, before we're talking about any trades or anything, they got two seasons yeah. for him, full seasons. Um, and he has been hinting, Giannis himself has been hinting, he's been getting texts from players who are now interested in coming to Milwaukee. Like, there's a gravitational pull there now. I could do, do you see any like midseason trades, some signings that they could crazy. do to really bring them over? Like, do we see Harden coming? Like, I know Harden's been in those I talks. Don't think so. Yeah, oh, I, don't know. Okay. I think he could get some proper help if you got a Harden. I think I would consider him a threat. I would uh, for sure. But then you got two, once again you got the Nets problem: two ball dominant stars, right? Yeah, and no facilitator. Um, do you see um, something like? them in in the next offseason like with uh kyle lowry being a free agent like do you get that facilitator point guard that could be yeah that yeah. would be fucking crazy yeah but like i think like even with harden harden and Giannis is not the same skill set as kyrie yeah. and thing yeah. kyrie and, and and uh katie can get their shot off on any time by themselves harden can do that Giannis can't Okay. So like right yeah i think like in a playoff set i would give it to the nets because like when the when this yeah when the court's smaller and you need a guy to get a bucket you got two of like the greatest that can do it yeah plus they're they're plays that they're gonna run and blah 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 and so they're both it. champions 100 yeah, that's true oh yeah that's true yeah they're both champions okay so, so uh, the celtics of course are there for the east yeah. like they're tatum and brown man come out yeah. i don't know if they'll come out these but there'll be a they're young in these yeah um i mean I don't even know what Tatum's ceiling is at this point. That that dude is bananas. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you hear live? He grew two inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Is he still playing the same position? It's not fair. This is like cheat coach. Yeah, he's still six ten now. Is he six ten? Six ten. So he's he's Kevin Duranting almost. Like yeah, yeah. That's that's six ten, almost seven foot small forward. Does he have to get? Probably can grow. Does he have to get adjusted to like a whole new shot? Like he has to change his form or anything? (laughs) Because I've heard I've heard when some players like weight lift, like they have to get used to having more strength in their shot. Um, yeah. And put more finesse into their shot. Like, is that the same thing? If, I mean, if you go two inches, I would assume like, something's got to so be. So it's funny. Was, I was I was watching a podcast, and I, I don't quote me on the guy. It was a uh, shit. It was an NBA player, and yeah, similar situation. But he grew like eight inches in his like sophomore year or whatever in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't that yeah, happen to Anthony I, I Davis know. too? Like he grew. Like yeah, Anthony Davis inches. was like five nine, and then he or something, and then he grew yeah. like seven inches over summer. Yeah, and he was like at projecting to be a like a pretty small point guard, and then yeah, turned into what he. That's is why now. he can. That's why he was. He was. Yeah, yeah he grew up as a point guard. That's why he can do what he does. Um, 
But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if the two inches at that age would make you really readjust your shot. I would imagine at that point your muscle structure really isn't changing. You're just getting a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe it makes it better because your your range cuts down a little bit. You know. Yeah, I think like if you grew like you know six seven inches where it's like like limbs are proportionately different, then maybe the mechanics of like how you, where you're releasing it's going to be different. I don't know. That, that's a good question. We should. Uh, if I grow two inches live, I'll let you know. <laughs> Tell me your so, secret. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, by 2025, Tatum's getting an MVP. What do you think? I I, couldn't, I wouldn't debate that. It's, he'll definitely uh, be a top contender. I don't know if yeah. he'll win one, but he'll definitely be like, yeah, like yeah. one. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he earned my respect in that Toronto series. Like, that's seven-game brawl. Like, maybe I'm biased, but best series um, of the playoffs, just in terms of... If we, if we could pause, I do want to get to the Toronto Raptors um, and how they got to their team. But can I take a leak real quick? Because this coffee's like running through. Yeah, yeah, let's take a break. Uh, let's take a break. Right, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm fine. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, do the same then. Keep it recording, though. Okay. I'm back. No. Give Alex a few more minutes. Fucking gummy. Nice. Yeah, I'm vaping a little bit. What else you got going on today? Not much. Yeah. Some cleaning. Normal Sunday shit. Yeah, I think I'm going to bake some banana bread, but I should be on for whatever. Nice. Yeah, um, I think my brother was saying Aviar and Bien might be going to her parents' place. Oh, okay. So if they do, we might be running some ESL, I'll let you know. Okay, um, so just so I know, is there like an intro section i got to get through? Uh, well, to do the dungeon parts that we are, I think they start at level 10. Oh, shit. Okay. So, so like, that that's pretty quick. So, 
I'll let you know. I don't even know if, if they are going if he'll be on, but okay. I was like, me and him are gonna make an alt anyway, so like we can run through that. Like I only have one character, so if you join, I'll probably make an alternate anyway. So all right. Yeah, I just got um, like a one of those controller clips for my phone, so now I can like steady it right off my phone, which is pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. So I was doing that yesterday. We were just watching the new girl, just some like old episodes, and like I was just playing some Destiny on there. It's pretty sweet. So yeah. And I was like just thinking, like, man, if they could ever put like Stadia on the Switch, because I just like the Switch's form factor, the screen is nice and big. Uh, that would have been pretty sick. Yeah. Because um, they already do some of that stuff already. Uh, control is on there under streaming. Like, to be honest, though, like the iPad capability is pretty sweet because like I take this when I travel anyways. Yeah. So, like really, just take the Xbox controller and then like yeah, same shit. All right, All right I'm back. Um, back. So, so yeah. yeah. So with the Raptors, hold on, um, hold on. I just gotta. Sorry. We are recording now. Go ahead. Uh, so with the Raptors, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they pretty much gutted uh, team, right? I don't. Say, I they, wouldn't say gutted because they gave. Fred the bag. Well, Marc Gasol. Gasol and Ibaka left. Ibaka? Yeah. With the two big ones that left? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they gutted the team. I think they... I mean, Aaron Baines is not alone going to replace that production. <laughs> no yeah. question. And I think they did take a step back, but I don't think it's a gut. I don't know. Okay. What do you think uh, live? Are they still making the playoffs? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe a... If we be. don't, like... <laughs> yeah. Maybe a six seed, maybe a seven seed, but they'll make it. Yeah, I agree. We I, shouldn't be. We shouldn't be eight seed though. We shouldn't. Yeah, definitely not. I think the Knicks are sneaking as an eight seed. Oh, okay. Right all now. right. Knicks so were, I'm gonna say. Let's talk they, about this. Tell me yeah. how you are convincing yourself the Knicks have got a chance this season. Okay. The the, uh, the whole culture has changed since Obadiah Toppin got drafted. Right. This is a New Yorker who loves the Knicks, and he's just. I mean, he's making every fan proud by coming and, and just saying like, "This is the team I want to play for." It brings us back to the reputation that we had in the '90s when when some of these players were growing up and watching the Knicks. Um, and put it this way, like they're a young team, they look amazing in the preseason, like the plays that they're running. I, I know it's not. I'm not saying they're superstars or anything like that, but they're playing ten times better than they've been playing in the last few years that I've seen them. Um, I'll give you guys some names. You tell me, like on a scale of one to ten. I know they're not MVPs or anything like that, but on a scale of one to ten, like where would you put, you know, let's say RJ Barrett? He had an okay rookie campaign. I'd give him a five. Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know. I say about the same. Yeah, Austin, I say about the same. Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. Yeah, I like him. I'm high on him. I, I'd give him a. Six I would or say seven. like six or seven. Yeah. I don't mind Austin Rivers, but like he's uh, eh. Yeah. Julius Randle. I love Julius Randle. I love. I loved him like since he was in like LA, man. Yeah, they just uh, they have a lot of talented players and they're young, and I just think they. I mean, they when you see them perform together they have a lot of good chemistry together um so they might make the playoffs i'll give you that but do you think they have a shot of actually doing something in the playoffs? no no but i'll be happy if they they make the playoffs i do i do like the hype it seems like covid it seems like covid has leveled you out (laughs) we didn't or we didn't for a long time we didn't have any uh we didn't have any highlights or anything to look at and now it's just uh you know there's all kinds of like the last game that they did where they blew them out which is the where they blew the caps it looked amazing how they were playing you know they're picking rolls the dunks everything that was going on like they they look very seasoned, and so it reminds me of like the old. Reminds me of the old Oklahoma City Thunder before anybody knew who like Westbrook and Durant was, um, or like the Raptors when it was like nobody knew who like Lowry and DeRozan were at the time. But when you yeah, watch them play, like you could understand, like they they are talented. Like when you see them play, otherwise you wouldn't know. 
you know, I, based on my question mark isn't with the talent. I think they are like a decent young team in terms of what's on paper. I'm more concerned about the leadership. Um, we have we have Thibodeau now, which is uh, you know, that's not helping. That's not you don't helping. think that's great. You don't think he did amazing with the Bulls and, and yeah, they were the biggest threat to the Heat like at the time. Uh, Derek Rose and, and yeah, but I like Thibodeau as a coach. Yeah, he had amazing defensive structure, which I think the Knicks need. I mean, I think all these players are good, but they might not be the best defensively. Uh, right. But I think that's but what since you put. The Bulls, you know, like, what has he done really? Well, nothing. Yeah. But or Minnesota. Yeah. I, I feel like he's a bit of a one-trick pony. I think he got lucky in Chicago. There was a good fit there. And uh, I'm not saying, like, that's not a bad thing on him as a coach. I just think there are times and places where certain people thrive, and he is out of that time and place now. Actually, you make a very good point because Minnesota was a very similar situation. A young team that had a bunch yeah. of young guys that were talented, built around Carl Anthony Towns, and kind of just like... Yeah, and he had Derrick Rose. I think he had Jimmy. He was there when Jimmy Butler was there. Yeah, that, that terrible yeah. season. That's yeah. True. So like, now that you mention it, Nav, I'm like, I liked him at too from Chicago. But I'm like, yeah, New York is really talented. They have a lot of good guys. Like, they will do okay. And RJ Barrett, you know, I hope he has a great season. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, yeah, I, I, I still oh, think you know Thibodeau's a step up. I think he's the best coach Brooklyn that we've had are. since. Uh, I think he's the best coach we've had since since Woodson. Okay. Um, technically, so I mean, I'm not. It's not like it's a high bar or like a high standard for him to meet, but it's still progress at the end of the day. Which but is like, are you a little jealous that Brooklyn got Steve Nash over you guys? I don't think anybody during this time and during this drought. I don't think anybody's coming to the Knicks. I think that, that that's the reality of it. You would have to be a fan of the Knicks in order to go to the Knicks at this time. I think you know, if you want to ring, win a ring, I don't think the Knicks are at the top of the you know your list of teams to go to. So I think with a young team, they can change that. Um, you know, they could change that perspective. You know, sneaking into the playoffs as the eighth seed, um, you know, might bring a superstar to us next year. Um, but one thing, one thing about New York, like the market, like like a superstar would be attractive. Yeah, all you got to do is get like that eighth seed, like just show yeah. some hope. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's what the Lakers You'll did, get the right? big names. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Lakers, Lakers were terrible until. So. Yeah. <laughs> they built that young core and then just kind of said, okay, well, whoever wants to come can come. And LeBron answered that call. Um, Okay, that I mean I think that's a more sober analysis of the Knicks than I was expecting, which I appreciate. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, it, um, it, I'm not gonna say they're gonna win the, the win the championship. That was you the last ten years, <laughs> man. Well, I mean, you know, based on what they like, you're talking about Stoudemire and Mello and Jay, you know what I mean? Like they, those were some superstars that went to the team. Fair, you know? sure, okay, uh, sure. And they were high ex- expectations with those guys. Yeah, they were high expectations. Yeah. Um, I prefer being the underdog now because now I, you know, I can see them low key, um, you know, getting somewhere. Uh, so, but I, I'm happy with it. Yeah. All right. Broadening this this out, um, what players this season are you looking forward to seeing? Like just individual performances, storylines. What are you looking at? Uh, me personally, like R- R.J. Barrett on our own team, obviously, you know, Obadiah Toppin, you know, his first year, he's already doing amazing uh, based on what I've been seeing in preseason. Um, for everybody else, you know, I'm always excited to see Kawhi come back. I didn't want to. I mean, I guess they had to keep PG. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited to see them just, you know, strike for some vengeance. I hope. I hope they get it together. And I'm not really confident because it looks like Paul Jordan is already talking shit before doing anything. So, and it looks like they have like some kind of, uh, you know, tension between him and Doc Rivers also. So, you know, you, you got to go for the underdogs. I don't know if uh, I don't know what Harden's gonna do, but. I don't know. Those are, those are the people I'm, I'm mainly looking at. Like last year, last season I was watching a lot of Kawhi Leonard. I don't even think he really messed up in the playoffs either, you know? I just think it was a team thing and, you know, a lot of role players let him down. And, you know, if he stayed with the Raptors, I think they would have had a better shot or, 
you know, been a been a bigger threat than than with the Clippers as it is now. Um, but you always want to see like some of the underdogs that haven't really achieved what they wanted to achieve get somewhere, you know, and that's the hard one, the Westbrooks. Um, you know, be honest, I I I don't really watch as often as I should, but um, that type of style of play, I mean, you know, doesn't entertain me as much as uh, you know somebody like James Harden or Westbrook, I guess. Um, I'm excited to see what the Heat do too. You know, now that they have more chemistry, I think they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year. Um, it'll show whether it was just a fluke or I don't think it was a fluke because I think they played amazing in the playoffs uh, time and time again. But there were some inconsistencies with some of the younger players like Euro, uh, which I want to see. You know, what they grow into now. That's true. Buddy, how about you? Who are you looking at? Uh, yeah, man. Like I'm, you know, Luca. All those young guys that are just taking over. Like that's Trey Young. Yeah. Um, this is the MVP Booker, campaign, isn't it? Right, yeah, Luka. I want to see yeah. Devin Booker with Chris Paul. Yeah, um, oh, all those young guys are just taking over. But I also Zion, you know, um, Ja. But I want to see like the guys coming back, like KD. He yeah, looks, he's looking great. Um, Steph, I want to see what he looks like when he comes back, kind of just in game form. Um, yeah, man, and just the dynamics of all these shuffles and. I don't know. It feels like old school ball is back. Where like you know you got East versus vet, East um, versus West. You got New York, Brooklyn, but LA, the Celtics are still good. Like, a Celtics LA finals would be amazing. Miami yep. is there. Like, I don't know. It just feels like kind of like the 90s, 80s. Yeah. The, the personalities are coming. Back. So, yeah. yeah. Like, so, that's fun to watch. Um, the Raptors, you know, I don't think we're going to really do anything. We might make, you know, second round, maybe a conference finals. I don't think we're going to do anything other than that. But, yep. yeah, man. Uh, I want to see what Fred, he got paid. I'm so happy that he did. I hope he kind of takes the reins for Toronto becomes the guy this year and yeah. kind of phase out Kyle Lowry like you know salute the OG Lowry did what he did and he's Toronto through and through but like I think it's you know his reign has mm-hmm. come to an end, end and I think it's Fred's, Fred's turn to kind of be like alright I got you and be the guy so 100% yeah, yeah. man how about you I, you know keeping it on the Raptors I am terrified and excited to see what Siakam does this year um, <laughs> I mean, he's still my boy. I love the guy. I love his work ethic. I love how he's, you know, basically was MIP two years in a row. Like, I I personally, like, just his growth over two seasons, or even before that, is, has been something to watch. Um, but there is that question mark, because he was terrible during the Yeah, play. I was going to um, ask you, did you feel like the Raptors let you down at all last season? Or do you think they exceeded their expectations of not having him? No, uh, I... I Kawhi? The second round exit... What expected? Yeah, second round exit, take it to seven games. That was that was a respectable showing. Uh, especially, it showed how the Raptors' Swiss Army approach of like plug and playing players it works yeah. even in the playoffs, right? Because like Siakam was terrible, and they still got that far. When your number one option is that terrible, you typically don't go that far. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, I I was looking forward. I thought it was going to be a Toronto Miami uh, series. And, that would have been awesome. Uh, that would have been great. Yeah, been awesome. Um, but yeah, once again, like the Raptors, I agree with you. I don't think I think they're going to be like middle to low playoff exit this year, which is fine as long as the players show growth. Um, yeah. And so I would love to see Siakam now kind of taking on that number one role he needs to. Uh, we're giving him that money. Um, I want to see like Malachi Flynn looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, you know, I, I'm not. He's a rookie. Obviously, keep your temp, uh, expectations in check. But he's got the handle. He's he's just you know 
got that IQ. He, you know, he picked LaMelo Ball's pocket, uh, which no one on ESPN seems to point out. Like, everyone wants to. Okay, actually, bigger question. Are you going to suffer through uh, Charlotte Hornet games just to watch LaMelo Ball? Is that even worth no. it? Fuck no. No. <laughs> yeah. I am not I'll, watching the Charlotte Hornets. You can't make me NBA. Yeah, I'm not checking for that, man. I don't think I've watched the Charlotte Hornets since, like, Larry Johnson and... <laughs> Or like Glenn Rice Marley played for them. Yeah. 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 Did, did, did Marley play for the Hornets? Was he there? Or was he on the Pacers? I can't I remember. remember. I remember him from the. He was on the Heat, no? Dan Marley did play for the Heat briefly, yeah. He had a wet shot, too. I remember him on the Heat. Yeah, I mean. He was before that, to be honest. Yeah, aside from Muggsy Bogues, Larry John, like, who was really, you know, on the Hornets? Yeah. Kemba Walker came from the Hornets, though, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. He sucked then, too. He's an amazing player. He just le- he's just below the expectations that we have of him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But he's always capable of game winner for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's enough NBA talk. Um. Live, you mentioned it at the start of the pod, so I just want to circle back to it. Uh. We kind of started this podcast kind of at the start of Tom, uh, Trump's uh, inauguration when he like started his uh, administration. Uh, now we're at kind of at the end of it. Uh, we're less than a month away from him being sworn out as president of the United States to be replaced by president-elect um, Joe Biden and, of course, vice president-elect uh, Kamala Harris. Um, I don't know. What, what are you feeling about this? Like, does it feel like it's over? Is there a finality to it? What do you think, Muddy? Personally, I'm like, okay, obviously Trump getting out of there is good, but, like, I had this conversation with a few coworkers. I'm like... And actually, live, I'm curious to hear your opinion, just, you know, being from the States for as long as you have. Um, like, okay, it's cool that he's out of there. It'll get, quote-unquote, better, but, like, not really. I, like, it, it's the same shit. Like, you know, cops are still going to kill people. Um, you know, they tried to pass the federal thing that got stopped. Like, I really don't think, other than the tweets and the open racist, racist from your president, the leader of your country, which I agree can't happen. So that's cool. But, like, okay, all the racists just go behind their doors again. Like, they yeah. he didn't turn people racist. He just let them come out. So they're still there. They might just be better hidden now. So that's my opinion. So I don't think nothing's going to really change on, on the surface it might. But the systemic, pro, like, you know, the outcome was produced by a system that's rigged. So the outcome is rigged, regardless of how good that outcome might be, is my yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't. I don't feel like uh, there, there's two sides to it. I mean, obviously, it's a plus that that, that he's gone and that administration's gone. That was just terrible. He's definitely better. And that was that was a nightmare. Like he's definitely yeah. better. <laughs> it could yeah, it could it could get a whole lot worse with another four years with him. Um, but at the same time, like Biden and 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 Kamala Harris aren't really. It's 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 not. It's just going back to the center, and like you said, it's just going back to the normalcy of this administration and system that's ran. Um, you know, as a liberal, you know, Clinton wasn't very progressive to me. Clinton signed the crime bill also. Obama wasn't very progressive to me other than skin color. I think he backed down a lot, especially with the Trayvon Martin situation, the immigration situation with him deporting so many people. Even, uh, I was watching Fahrenheit, uh, 11-9, and I never knew, uh, when he entered, like, Flint. And it was, it was pretty sad, like, how, how much pride they had that Obama was coming to, to solve this water crisis for them. And the way he just pandered and, uh, and kind of just backed down and went with the Republican governor and, you know, tested out the water. And they're just like, you know, a lot of people were just like, you know, he was my president when he came here. But then when he left, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know why he would do that. And it kind of just goes to show, like, I don't expect much different from, from Biden and Harris. The only plus I can see is you have to move the pendulum 
in that direction in order for like AOCs, um, you know, and, and, and that crowd to kind of, you know, I guess get, get in more situations where they have, you know, more responsibility to do. But it is exciting to see people take cabinet positions with experience in the role as opposed to just donors and, and Betsy Dobras and, and all these other people that weren't there. So it's a plus, but it's also going back to the same, you know, Clinton-Obama um, times where there's still corporate shows, shows at, the, at the end of the day. They're still taking donor money from NRA. Um, hopefully, you know, some of the some of the really, you know, uh, progressive people that are in the House could put some pressure on him because he did need the assistance from them. He did the, need the assistance from, from black women. He did need the assistance from, from Bernie voters. And there was a lot of people who voted who just, you know, not because they were in favor of Biden and Harris, uh, presumably, but just because we got to get this guy out of the office in order to, to take step one back in the, in the right direction. Yeah, man. And like my, my dude, Andrew Yang, like he, yeah. he, he has a he has a big thing on, um, you know, uh, the voting system and just having the rank, 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 rank yeah. voting. To avoid that. Right. Because right now, yeah, if you vote for anyone but them, you wasted your vote. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Right, I just, so. uh, you know, you know me, I mean, I wish, I wish it was Bernie instead, man. I just, uh, you know, they, yep. they could have took this a whole other direction, and, um, and I just don't know why the Democrat system uh, pushes them down like that, and it's a very corrupt system. Even I'm not talking about like fraud or like, you know, but just the electoral system in general. The fact that somebody could win by just millions and millions of votes, like when you look back at it, like Democrats have won um, in the last 30 years. The popular vote, except for one, the, the uh, Bush in 2004. The other ones were Republicans won. Were, were electoral, but they really lost. And it's, it's kind of weird to know a democracy where you got more votes than the opposing person, but you still lost. And it just, it, when you really, when you root it back, it's just to give, you know, slave states some peace of mind or, you know, some kind of leverage. And they haven't changed that. It's, it's so outdated. Um, and I just, I, I truly believe America is a leftist country. I believe the vast majority do support free college, free, you know, healthcare higher minimum wage, these things. And I just, uh, you know, it's sad to see them just trapped in this cycle of putting people in power that just don't have any best interest for them at all. Like, I mean, Congress itself is, 80% of them are millionaires. They don't have anything in common with, with you know, the average citizen or constituent who is working and, uh, you know, trying to make a better life for themselves. And, you know, this, this pandemic really exposed a lot of it. So I'm excited that it is going in that direction. And I just hope it just continues going in that direction. Um, I hope the, you know, white supremacist organizations and all these other alt-right organizations that got a lot of power and, and more platform during this time, you know, like you said, I hope they do go back into hiding. I hope it doesn't turn into something, uh, you know, much worse than that, where they try to orchestrate a coup, because it is kind of freaky when, you know, he is discussing not leaving on Inauguration Day or using the, the military to oversee another election, and it's just... Uh, you know, it's it's not democracy. I mean, people have to understand. Like, I mean, you could say you're a patriot as much as you want, but if you're telling me this election's rigged and there's anything fraudulent about it, then then you're not a free country. Then that's like like, like step one, the building block of democracy. And you might as well just throw the whole thing out the window. Yeah, I think it, I was watching. I believe it was Hassan Minaj, and uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, he was saying like, I don't correct don't, the term might not be right, but like, we're not a true democracy because majority doesn't rule. It's you just have to get more votes than the next person because majority is 50 percent right which would be because even in a canadian electing system it's not 50 percent majority 51 percent it's you just need to have more votes than the next person yeah first past the post system yeah it's, i think it's plurocracy is, is the actual term for it like we miss we've been branded as a democracy because we vote which is i think where that that um 
blurred line comes from, but like we're not a true majority rule democracy because we don't need 51% to win, which is baffling when you think about what you just said, live, you know, the, the 30 yeah. years that the the Democrats have won. There's millions more should have been in the House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and the other thing to note is uh, it, it's not just the presidency, it's also the Senate, uh, which um, Democrats, if you total up all the votes to Democratic candidates versus the votes all to Republican candidates, the Democrats win every time. Uh, yep. But due to the, appro uh, the appropriation of, uh, of representatives across the 50 states equally, uh, you're, you're dealing with a minority rule there. And that, that was established ostensibly to protect the institution of slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wh one thing I always find very interesting is when you look at the American empire, um, especially in the 20th century, where they did a lot of regime change. And some of that was, I would say, even in some of the cases, it was justified. Uh, Nazi Germany being one, uh, Imperial Japan being the other. Um, and, and of course, not so good ones. Uh, the regime change in Iraq, uh, the uh, the Contras in uh, South America, uh, all that. Um, but what's interesting is, in cases where American empire establishes new governance, um, so we're talking about Iraq, we're talking about Afghanistan, we're talking about Japan, we're talking about Germany, it's always a parliamentary system. It's never an executive-based uh, democracy. Um, and so it's kind of telling in the way that even when America is extending democracy across the world, it chooses not to extend its own brand of democracy. It chooses to go to the parliamentary system favored throughout pretty much every other democracy in the world. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say it's perfect. Like you said, buddy, like we still use a first-past-the-post system. Uh, where proportional voting would be far more democratic, far more representative of the will of the people. Um, it, it is fascinating how I think the past four years have shown us the problem of democracy isn't individual. It's not Trump burning it down. It is structural. It is yeah. institutionalized. Um, and it is in some ways designed to be that way. And that's the tougher uh, truth to swallow, I find. You know, it's just... Bernie Sanders is a popular politician. Uh, Andrew Yang is a popular politician. You can talk about leftist politicians all over the world. You can talk about Jagmeet Singh here in Canada being very popular. His his platform, their platforms collectively are incredibly popular, especially with the working class, who outnumber the upper class by a right. wide margin. Yeah. And yet you don't see that in electoral results. And that's that's the scary part. And I that's the part where I'm having trouble seeing a path forward. Yeah, that it, it has to be changed. It's, it, otherwise, it's just an oligarchy. At the end of the day, if you're if you're if you're taking this money from from big corporations and you're not turning on them, because I I've thought about it plenty of times, and it's like, well, how does one percent control ninety percent of the wealth? How would they even stay in power? And it's this this campaign, like you said, it's systemic. It's uh, it, it, it's cultural. It's influencing uh, you know poor voters across the Midwest to vote against their own against their own benefit, really. But they've been doing this from time. And it's not, I think if people looked outside of the United States, like it's not a Democrat and Republican thing. As of right now, like when you look at uh, conservatives that are in power, power, like the damage they're doing to some of these larger countries, not just the, the U.S., but let's say Brazil, you know, they're, they're, they're burning down the rainforest to get the, the aboriginals out. Um, you know, in India, Modi uh, trying to nationalize the, the Hindu language and, uh, you know, the, the Punjabi yes. protesters that are protesting right now. And um, it's just terrible. And I mean, you could, even in Sri Lanka, um, you know, them 
just basically trying to eliminate Tamil culture altogether. But these are all right-wing uh, dictators that are just, and they they have this network globally to support each other. Even in, in Europe, where they're you know throwing migrants uh, you know out into the middle of the sea, this is all supported by each other. So it's a larger movement than just what's in America. And I think if people just connected the dots to that, they can kind of see the results that's happening in every country. Unless you're going to show me some country that has the stats where you know uh, a conservative leader ran and you know everything was on the up and up like a Margaret Thatcher or, or Ronald Reagan. That's not the case. Like these things are damaging to the country, and it takes it's like you're constantly digging yourself out of a hole uh, to get back. But yeah, you're right. That what would have to change is that electoral vote. Is the fact that and it's a it's a tough thing to bring up because um, when you talk to people about it, their their basic uh, you know excuses well. Otherwise, California and New York are basically voting for the, for the president of the U.S. Or, uh, but you know, you have to put it into perspective too. Like, where's the majority of GDP coming from? Um, you know, what the population? What, what, California and New York have a combined eighty million people. Yeah, exactly. When you look at these states, they they actually uh, contribute a lot more to the federal budget, whereas these other states like Kentucky and Texas are just draining it constantly. Um, so until even, even that, sorry, even that that thought of like New York and LA would determine the vote. Yeah, because that's where everyone lives. Yeah, that's yeah, that, the definition. That's like, the thing. I don't. I don't want to. Why would you? Why would, why, because you live in Toronto. Why should your vote be like one third of a, a of a vote of somebody who lives in New Brunswick or, or whatever the case is? Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? It's like why should that yeah. take away from my voting power? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and and I guess kind of to put a coda on this. Uh, Okay, so we have a good first step. Trump is presumably going to be out of office. I assume it's going to go according to plan. Trump will start his next campaign for 2024, fine, whatever. Um, but what is step two? What do leftists' organizations, what do leftist voters, what is the next step after uh, Biden is in office? What? Where do you go I, from there? I think one step, I mean, hopefully they overturn, you know, the, the, the Senate and the House, but they need to be more comfortable in their own policies and stop reaching so hard to be centrist. Like they're reaching so hard for Republican voters um, that it puts everything at a, at a uh, you know, an oxymoronic stance. You know, they don't want to upset the, you know, those kind of voters by saying things like defund the police. You know, you, you start pulling like Clinton and Obama moves to try to appease everybody. And you have to just stick with the policies that you know are going to benefit the country and its constituents. Um, I think once they get more comfortable with that, you need more politicians like AOC, people who did work as a bartender and did knock on doors to get where they are, um, that do have that communication like Jackie does with his with his following. Um, you need more of that and, and to just keep it under. Like, you can't, uh, you know, for one thing about Bernie is just the way that he was able to raise so much money, just not from corporations, but just from, from, from average donors. I mean, I think was, his average donation was like less than 100 bucks for each person. I mean, those are the type of people that should be in power. And, um, you know, for what it's worth, he's never really flip-flopped on anything. I mean, I don't even know if you've seen the things that uh, he's done when he was in Vermont and he had, like, his local news channel. Like, he's always stuck to the same uh, basis of everything. And so this idea that, okay, we could be open-minded and, and there could be this gray area about everything and you could straddle the fence. Like, no, there is a political spectrum. And things do correlate with each other. And we should fall in line with those kind of things. Um, there's no reason the U.S. shouldn't be getting like a stimulus check when they've got so many tax breaks to corporations. Um, you know, their military budget just set a record uh, with what, it, and these people can't get a $1,200 check, you know, to keep them going since like March. Uh, that straddling the fence has just been detrimental to them all the time. Even during COVID, it was just, you know, you can't just keep some places open and do a lockdown elsewhere. Then you're doing both, then you're hurting the economy and you're not stopping the spread. So it's, it's, it's two losses. 
Um, but yeah, I just I wish they would stop, you know, fiddling with trying to like I, I don't know appease Republican voters perhaps, and just stick to basically the principles because I do feel like the benefits. The majority of the people. I don't know how you're going to reach the other side, but I don't think the other side is that much of a threat. I think the voting turnout this time around showed that. I think last time with Hillary and Trump, I think they just a lot of people thought it was a no-brainer. I do think Obama also lost a lot of the black vote too, and so people didn't really want to vote Democrat during that time. And a lot of things happened to put Trump in power that really I don't think the majority of the nation um, really wants somebody like that in charge. Um, so as long as you get people coming out and voting, you have a younger turnout. Um, you're putting younger people into Congress and the House. Um, you know, I do think it could be a progressive change, but it's a lot of different things to really uh, to really get across. But I think the younger generation, as it's going on, um, I think they're moving more towards the left, if anything. So um, I would hope it gets to that to that to that significant point. But you do have to get this top elite, like guys like Mitch McConnell, um, Stephen Miller's, just out of there. I don't know. I don't know how they they get that platform or even get into that position of power to begin with. Absolutely. Oh, man, yeah, no, I, no, I agree with you, man. I think like one of the big things is like yeah, just the cycle of workers in politics need to shift out. Just like everything, I think like all it's that tipping point where like you know the baby boomers are no longer they're all retiring or just about to in all industries, right? So I think you'll see that shift because it needs to happen, not just in politics, but I think you need the tandem and you know in in the government you need it also at the head of finance you need it at the head of technology where you're going to get the ceos that are yeah. the 45 year olds now that are running these companies that had the influence with it like i think that network as a whole needs to shift and we're in that process of um yeah like aoc is a prime example of that but i think also a big one was the nba did a great job with the communication of getting people to vote which was a big thing like having the the black vote yeah which was a shift and also getting people i think to realize the power of not the federal election but all the other elections your, your local ones and like that's something that i always thought and i like i don't give really a crap about the, the canadian federal one as much as i probably should but it's a local stuff that i think that these people with their platforms primarily the nba because that's who i was listening to over the last little bit but i'm sure other people as well uh, we're really driving home with like, hey, yeah, go vote for like your, you know, your governor. Go vote for your, your chief of police because those are the people that make the laws that impact your society that, that yeah. can benefit you as a whole. And so I think like this was that tipping point where it wasn't just the election that that the people won. It was that education and the foundation or the start of a foundation to systemically change things because now you're gonna have kids that are that are questioning like what's going on because they saw lebron james say it um so you know kudos i think really to the nba to have all that stuff like to to get the foundation of education out there on yeah. voting on what it means to vote how you follow up with it like all that because it's not just that vote and even myself i'm not as versed in it as i should be um but this was an eye-opener so yeah 100%. I think once people realize that as much power as they have in voting and other things too, like even celebrities, like as they're, as they're taking a stand, like when the NBA, uh, you know, completely cut off the games and they weren't going to play because there was just too much, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like make your voice heard. We're all a very, you know, in a very powerful position that, that plays a part in this economy and in this country. And I think more people need to realize that. Like even Texas, like if you think about it, Texas is, is the, the minority is non-white right now. And I don't think like people realize like how much voice they have in these sort of things. Um, because you're constantly being drowned out. Like, if you go to the other side, for them to even think the election was a fraud, they, they, they truly believe the majority of America 
uh, do believe in Trump. And that's not the case. That's not even close. To, and they use the stupidest facts. They'll, they'll say, okay, look how many you know, uh, followers are on Trump's Facebook page as opposed to, to, to Biden. That's a stupid stat. Like some people just follow Trump just to see just to see the things he says on Twitter. Like I follow him on Twitter just because you know sometimes it's getting news firsthand before you even catch it on you know any other any other uh, media platform. Um, but yeah, I think once they come to the realization of that, um, you know they'll realize there's strength in numbers and, and there's a lot more that can be changed. Yeah. No. I well said. Um, cool. All right. Well. I think that uh, we've said enough about politics, and uh, I, I want to like start wrapping up the episode, but I want to uh, end it on a more positive note, more uplifting note. And one of the uplifting things right now is Live Chaos is dropping new music. I've been seeing that shit. Live, <laughs> tell, tell us about the music. Like, What's going on? You're doing a different rollout this time. It's not an album, or at least not yet. It's a lot of singles coming out. What's going on? Yeah, just, just a lot of singles. I really just wanted to, um, to to try to practice more in my video work than anything. Um, so Jess has been helping me out also. So when quarantine happened and we were kind of locked down, I was in a position where it's just like I didn't really have anywhere to record. So I was just constantly writing my good friend Grins, who, who raps too. Like, uh, ironically, he hasn't rapped on any of the tracks yet, but um, there are some features with him. But he makes some amazing beats. And uh, he gave me access to his studio. So um, during lockdown, we were just constantly recording. Uh, the stuff that was recorded... You know, we ventured out and, you know, try to shoot some more videos and I try to learn as much as I can. Um, doing these videos, so we'll be coming out with weekly videos. Um, Cross-contamination is just a culmination of all those things. Um, it's really a rapper who produced some beats. It's me also where I didn't um, I didn't overthink it this time to try to get too conceptual and, and, and pick topics. I just kind of, I was inspired by like Black Dot's stream of conscious uh, mixtapes that he's been releasing where it's just like, okay, forget the hooks, forget the structure. I'm going to put to paper, you know, the things that I'm feeling right now. And uh, it's not my favorite. It was never my favorite thing to do because you could get very scattered as you're writing. But it's also it's also very therapeutic because this is truly, you know, um, it, th th there's a flow to it. And it's almost like uh, you can see sometimes when there's no hooks, like it just kind of builds up. And it's like, all right, forget the hook, man. I'm, I'm really in the zone now. Now I'm really going in. And, uh, you know, it's just a very comfortable way of just, all right, make the beats. I'll go into it. You know, once it's recorded, we'll shoot the video. It's very raw. It's not mixed and mastered and things like that. Um, but by the time the album comes out, it will be fully you know, mixed and mastered. But, you know, we're excited to work on it. I am excited to get back to more um, just braggadocio, just really just murdering the beat uh, sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's been exciting overall. We do have some features already. We've got a, a feature from Ransom, Ransom, who's been uh, who's been killing it with his own... Uh, personal series too it's a it's a west craven series where each mixtape is almost like plays out like a movie um i've got lms from miami that's on it uh, yeah i mean i don't want i don't want to reveal too many things but uh but yeah it's been exciting it's been keeping us busy and uh if you guys get a chance to check out the videos they're on youtube uh just search cross contamination live chaos wins it's on my instagram page facebook page and uh yeah we've been getting a lot of good good feedback from it so um on instagram and, and twitter you know the feedback's been uh, phenomenal. Facebook, we're still trying to work around. It's been kind of like tricky. Like it's kind of weird now. Like before, you could boost a video on Facebook and you know uh, accelerate the views a lot. You get a lot of feedback. I don't know what the algorithm is that they're using now, but it's uh it's a bit tricky, and I'm just like working my way around it. But recently, they took some videos off because they were smoking in the video, which kind of didn't make any sense because obviously we're all grown adults anyways, and I've seen a lot worse videos and a lot worse a lot worse Facebook ads as we've seen you know from the election and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's been a learning experience, and also, you know, getting back into the zone of writing and stuff like that has been 
very comfortable to me. Um, you know, a lot of people have been reaching out too, uh, for features, and so it's like it's, it's it just becomes a thing where it's uh, very consistent with me now. It's a lot easier for me to write when somebody's sending me something, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, Grinzes as well, and uh, yeah, we look forward to shooting some more videos. I just picked up. Uh, I think the majority of the sessions yesterday, finally, like on the USB drive. So I was doing my own mixing, which I, I, I normally never do. I haven't done that since really I was like, like a lot younger doing my own shit. Usually I would prefer to have somebody else's set of ears on it. So I still will do that, but it is a learning experience too. I do I do like mixing my own stuff. And, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting this project out and seeing what people think. But so far, um, you know, we've been getting a lot of great feedback from it. Nice. Well, when do you expect the full album to roll out? Like, is there a timeline on that? So we have all the songs recorded. Um, we're just shooting videos, and uh, we just have to get it mixed and mastered and do the artwork. So I'm going to guesstimate hopefully by February we should have it out. That's another thing, too, that we're trying to navigate around. Like, I mean, independent music is, is tricky because when Project Lion came out, um, you know, you could you could put a budget towards, you know, pressing CDs. You would sell all the CDs. You know, it was good, you know, not enough to quit your day job. It was a good, healthy side income. Um, and then plus the shows and things like that. And then, you know, things shifted to where... You know, people were streaming everything, so artists weren't really making as much money on the streams. So now you're dropping an album basically just to go on tour, do shows, and get paid for shows. Now it's tricky because now you're not getting paid really well on streams, and there's no shows either. So, you know, we're experimenting with all kinds of things, whether it's Twitch, whether it's figuring out a way to get the music out there. One thing, at the end of the day, like, you know, money or no money, regardless, like, I do enjoy it. It is a passion. I'm always going to produce music. I'm always going to put it out there as long as people are feeling it and, and giving us feedback on it. Um... The monetizing of it is always going to be, I guess, a bit of an issue. Um, so we're, we're just thinking about whether we should just, you know, uh, sell it directly from the website and avoid streaming platforms altogether. But then by doing that, you're kind of, you know, missing out on people who would have never heard of you normally if you weren't on Spotify or if you weren't on, on uh, Apple Music. But it is something that needs to be addressed because I feel like everybody's getting ripped off on these, uh, on these streaming platforms right now, you know. Um, so I don't really know what the way around it is, but I look forward to putting the music out there, which I will do, you know, regardless of the, nice. of the fact. So, I mean, you're doing this, like, kind of more of a stripped-back production, just, like, no hooks, just bars. Um, is that affecting, like, what you're listening to right now? Like, where are you getting the inspiration from? Like, who's who's kind of on your playlist right now? So this year has actually been really good for hip-hop. Uh, I mean, number one, I, I put Griselda. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of Griselda Records, but uh, Benny the Butcher, Conway. The, true story, I've actually, I actually did time with Benny the Butcher's cousin when I was in Miami, who told me about Benny the Butcher uh, when he was locked up. He was locked up in Buffalo, and, and they, all, they were also doing Fed Time, too. Um, didn't really pay. I knew Conway from some battles previously, and West Side Gun I've heard before. When I came out, you know, listening to their stuff, it was just, like, they're just machines. I mean, they were putting out so much material. But this is before Shady Records. They were putting out at least, like, like four or five mixtapes or albums a year. Even this year alone, like, I believe Griselda has two projects. Conway has one out. West Side dropped his. Benny, and they're just all phenomenal. They're just all amazing. Uh, just the grittiness of the, of the beats. Uh, Derringer, who does the beats, does a very slow, cin cinematic uh dramatic beat that's just and it's only them that can crush it like that and it's just the things they say it's very authentic it's like some of the slang that they use is like stuff you would only understand if like you were in the fed so like people like me kind of appreciate it too because it's like you literally only drop that line for people you know who did that time but uh, but they're amazing lyricists uh the dope the beats are banging aside from them uh black thought all of his new material has, has been phenomenal um Elzai, who's been, you know, low-key one of my favorite rappers of all time, dropped a, a dope album called Fall Seven Times, uh, Get Back Up Eight. 
classic Albo. I mean, normally he's usually had a bit of issue with beat selection. His rhymes are always on point. This one is just phenomenal from, from start to finish. Uh, Blue and Exile dropped an amazing album called Miles. And uh, I feel like I'm missing a few more, man. There's been a, there's been a lot of good music coming out that's been uh, that's been inspiring me overall. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Muddy, do you want to give out any shoutouts to what you've been listening to lately? Uh to be honest, man, like my music has kind of I don't listen to as much as I used to because I'm not traveling to work. My main thing was when I was commuting to work, I would like you know go on Apple Music. But Joyner Lucas dropped an album, I think like last month. Oh, nice. Evolution. Live, yeah. if you haven't checked it out, Navi 2, like, really good album. Um, yeah, so I've been having that on repeat. Other than that, um, I I don't know if you well, it's kind of blurred, but I got a keyboard back here <laughs> nice. a couple months ago. So um, I used to play piano quite a bit, so I've just been getting into that. So I've been listening to, like, a lot of, uh, like, Adele and Sam Smith, like, ballad songs. <laughs> nice, so, nice. So that's been on my playlist. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> not, not the most uh, gangsterist of stuff. Ah, cool. But, um yeah, just like uh, sing-songy things. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> no, that's good. What have you been listening to, man? You know, it's honestly kind of just kind of been falling back onto comfort food uh, this past year. It's been a lot of just kind of like old shit, getting back into like 2000s hip-hop and shit, uh, 90s yeah. hip-hop. Um, but like, you know, a couple of albums stood out to me. Um, Run the Jewels' latest album oh, yeah. they dropped in the summer was legit. Uh, just straight fire. It was there was a good political anger to that album. Um, yeah, that that felt right, like especially around that time because we were getting into the Black Lives Matter yes. marches and all that stuff, and and uh, the reckoning with racial justice um, was was real good shit there. Um, more recently, and I haven't listened to the full album yet. I gotta really get into it. Is the Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon Three? Oh yeah, um, yeah, man. I, I, yeah. I'm just a Kid Cudi stand for way back then. I just love what that dude does. Just um, the production on those albums, the spacey beats. Um, yeah, man. Just yeah, that's my shit right there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think now that the podcast is in full swing, I better like start actually listening to more yeah. music. Like, yeah. <laughs> get back into that shit rather than like, oh, put on Spotify while I'm just working or shit. Um, yeah. yeah. No, this this was good. This is I think this was a pretty good first episode back after the time away. How are you guys feeling about it? Welcome back, boys. Yeah, yeah I thought it was uh I thought it was gonna be, be a little bit rustier than, than I thought, but it's uh it's pretty it's pretty comfortable getting back into the swing of things and just picking up from where we left off. All right. Uh before we go though, uh Muddy, I'm, i I wanna do a gummy check in on you. How are you feeling? I'm alright right now, man. I like I still hasn't kicked I, in. I think they might be start I think they might be starting to kick in, but nothing crazy yet. Okay. Um, I ate a second one live. I think when you were in the washroom, oh nice, so like, <laughs> twenty minutes ago or whatever that was. So yeah. yeah, I think they're starting to kick in. Like I feel my blinks. You know when you can feel the blink being a little heavier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's starting. So I'll keep you guys posted with the text. <laughs> but I'm probably gonna order some food and like just have a veggie day. So oh yeah, I might need a third. Definitely yeah, yeah. doing that. Uh, but yeah, guys, yeah, because it is Sunday morning for us right now. So yeah, it's just gonna be a chill day. I think everyone's gonna be kind of chillaxing. Um, live muddy if you guys want to get on like we play some halo or some shit later on today um i'm down i'm down for that um i literally just have uh well i'm gonna eat i'm definitely gonna i got munchies like a motherfucker now and uh i, I was checking the, the nfl schedule but giants aren't playing till about uh seven thirty. oh they got the night yeah. nighttime game so yeah, yeah. uh yeah yeah i might catch some of the one o'clock but other than that i'm free for the rest of the afternoon and right, uh, cool. i'm definitely down to getting down on some halo oh yeah sounds good all right uh i guess i gotta do the final boilerplate and i don't it I got to like reactivate a lot of this shit. So uh, we are 
We are the Best Buds Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, any place that does pod podcasts. Um, our website is bestbudspod at .wordpress.com. Uh, we are at Best Buds Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, as well as Best Buds Podcast on Facebook. Um, Live Chaos, you can find him on pretty much all the socials under Live just, Chaos, right? Just Google me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L-Y-V-E-K. Or Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, hit us up on bestbudspod at gmail.com if you have any feedback, want to let us know what you're smoking, anything you want us to cover on the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good time. I think we are. Let's be back. See you guys. Later. You hear my train of thought moving through ideas like this. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way. When my train of thoughts moving through ideas like this. Yeah. When my train of thoughts moving through ideas like this.